0: Hi friends, welcome to the Mostly Yoga podcast. My name is Aaron. Welcome to the show. It's another beautiful day in Chiang Mai. The sun today, uh, the sun today is relentless, uh, very hot. But a good day to get your laundry done, uh, which is what I was one of my agendas for today. My guest today is Atum, and um, I think I met him about a year, maybe two years ago. I think uh, around there uh, during one of my ceremonies, and then I I remember him like this guy as just like a a ball of like positive energy, and and we were we were in this pool. I don't know if you remember this or not, um, bro. Uh, we were in the pool and then there was this lady who couldn't swim and she was just like clinging onto the ledge and using the float to you know because we were all in the, in the pool and then we were I think she wanted She. You know, she wanted, the group was there so she wanted to join him but she couldn't really swim and then uh, and I and she was kind of struggling to join us in the middle and I, I think you went over there and you managed to like guide her into like lead her out of her comfort zone and into the center of it. And then we all started like supporting her in the middle of the pool. And it was such such a magical moment. I remembered you for that. Uh, Yeah, you know, I mean, this kind of people are beautiful, so rare to find. Uh, And I'm sure everybody has their own uh, Atum story, you know, to share. Anyway, Uh, we had a really amazing chat. And he shared so many amazing stories and interesting perspectives. And I agreed with almost all of his experiences and his insight. And I'm very excited to share this episode with all of you today, whoever that you you know, the people listening. Um, maybe around the 10 minute, 15 minute mark, we had to move halfway because we were initially in the like a yoga room or a function room at Amaravati. And then I think this 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 lady came in and she she actually booked the place, uh, so we had to like move, and then we moved to his space, which I felt was much more comfortable because it was like his space, his energy was there. Uh, so you know, just take note of that. Then some of the things we talked about was just the, just the significance of like daily routines, and a lot of it was just how he shares his perspective as he moves through life with gratitude and how he interacts with the world around him. Very, very insightful. Enjoy- I really enjoyed this conversation. If you're a long time listener and you like what you hear as always, okay. go to the coffee page, uh, coffee.com slash mostly yoga, to, to show your support if you can. And then if you decide to donate, thank you in advance. And if you don't, that's fine or so, cause you can still listen to this for free I'm always happy to make this. I like talking to the people that I talk to, and I like sharing it on this platform. And I'm going to keep doing it, uh, yeah. Without further ado, here is Atum. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show. Just like that, with a sound of a clap, we've begun. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Happy to have you here. Um, when I, like yesterday, when I did my impromptu podcast with Craig and Jackson was there, it was a very, it was like a nice little warm up mm. because I knew that when I came here, I brought all my stuff. I wanted to chat with some people here and I was a bit nervous, you know, new place, new environment. Yeah. And I had to get into a groove of it. So yesterday was a nice little, a little warm up before I came to chat with you. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate you that you think you needed a warm up for this conversation. You would think so, like yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for quite a while, and I've been chatting with people. Some are my friends, some are like like not so close, and some are strangers, you know. Yeah. And I always just get, I always feel nervous. Mm, really? Yeah, I always feel like uh, because there is a certain amount of like, uh, oh, you know, yeah, this is a bit serious now. You know, it's not we're just no what... So we're not like simply hanging back, but we also are, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, it's funny. You say nervous because like I have been trying
2: very much to, how would I say, balance the, the idea that the energy that I'm feeling sometimes because we're in a society right now that tells us like everything's anxiety. You need medicine for everything and stuff like that, that I almost forgot that how it felt to just be excited without it being like, oh, there's an underlying fear to why I'm excited. It's like, oh, that nervousness, some people look at it so much like, it oh, I'm I'm afraid of this next event. Like for me, fear always presents as laziness. So like you hit me up yesterday and was like, hey, can we do the podcast? Or it wasn't yesterday specifically, but um, and this wasn't my actual thoughts towards this podcast, but often if people will hit me up sometimes and be like, hey, can you come do this? My first gut reaction is to Think of it lazy and be like, oh no, I don't know if I really want to do that. Like I'm talking to my wife, or I'm just talking inside myself. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do that because I gotta travel or I gotta do something like that. And really, it's just a fear. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that I'm old, like it's too difficult. It's just like I wouldn't say that I'm afraid that it wouldn't work out, but I'm like, why do why why is that how my my concerns present themselves and in and, and it made me feel very sluggish as someone who also um, communes with kaya or smokes weed for people who are listening um, or va- vapes bakes whatever laziness is that's probably one of the biggest things to overcome especially when you're partaking in that So, um, for me just sitting down here with you right now was probably
0: like ah, my victory for today so <laughs> i like the small victories Interesting that you shared this and I like this perspective of like your own uh, your own like self-awareness of how you feel mm. and I can relate with that because I too uh, am very lazy. <laughs> I feel I've, I'm so lazy and I think I, as I age I'm getting more like I don't want to hang out with people. I yeah. don't want to do the thing. I don't want I just want to chill. Yeah. I just want to stay in my room. I just hang my friends. I don't want to do anything new. Mm. Maybe that comes with age or just like a general sense of being bored of life. Yeah. But also There is that like you once in a while you do need to step out of your comfort zone a bit and to do the new thing and to try it out. And oftentimes when you do step out of the comfort zone, things good things happen with Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad that you took this chance. Oh Oh, no, this is awesome. I
2: haven't I haven't (laughs) done a sit down interview
0: in maybe like five, six years. Is this your it's not your first podcast? No, no. Well,
2: uh i've done radio interviews mm. so i guess you'd consider that a podcast it, yeah yeah mm. um but that was back when i was in my music career when i was still right. living in the states and um trying to just be one of these celebrities trying to be a superstar yeah. and it's like i'm already a superstar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no this was the first time someone has wanted to really interview me recently and
0: it just was it just the timing all of it was just so perfect and uh version of you now mm. is who I'm more interested in than the you know yeah, the, yeah 100%. because this this version of you the present moment you is the one that has the most experience so far that has learned the most lessons mm. and, and I get the opportunity to to <laughs> you know yeah
2: no I've learned a lot I definitely feel like I learned a lot I'm not I'm not interested in stopping my learning mm. at any point right now and at the same time everything that I feel like I learn I'm like it's okay if I forgot it tomorrow if I forget it tomorrow um, that's just more opportunities for me to keep learning and improve. Maybe if I forget this thing that I just learned mm. and tomorrow comes, that means I can learn it a different way. And now I can see it in a whole different perspective.
0: Ah. So like... I mean, there is some benefit in unlearning also. Mm. Or if you feel like you are learning something in the wrong way, it's good to reset.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: No, like uh, with, with guitar. Like I had to... I've only really been invested in my music and my guitar playing specifically for like about a year yeah and yeah as you can see i'm holding music uh-huh. circles and all of these things and it was always self-taught um maybe in the last month or so i had an actual vo- um, guitar teacher come through but for me i had a lot of fear behind learning the guitar because everyone who i saw that was doing guitar who taught guitar they were right-handed and my whole life I- i'm left-handed or uh, i'm ambidextrous yeah. in a sense but My whole life, people went, like, from growing up, being left-handed. I took longer to learn how to tie my shoes, so many different things. So I had put a mental block on myself. Like, I'm going, okay, I'll learn the guitar right-handed, but, like, when I would play it, I would play it so differently from some of the people, and it would be, like, really aggressive. Like, I was trying to beat my right arm into submission. Like, I'm in control of it. And over the last month or so, even with the, the guitar lessons, my teacher was just telling me, like, yo, you have to be softer. And he was like, you have to be softer in playing it. And I hadn't realized how much of the reasoning why, like, okay, he would tell me, oh, let your, ha- your arm hang like this and just kind of just let it flow and go up and down. And I didn't realize I'm, I'm Jamaican. Like, my family's Jamaican. I don't know if you know much about that culture. Um, but at one point in time, it had a very homophobic Yeah. I had a a very homophobic undertone to it. So Wait,
0: I I don't understand. So as in the the culture? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say
2: all of it, but at one point in time, like, I don't know if it was a Caribbean thing. I don't know if it stemmed from slavery, oppression or whatever, but at one point in time, I think it's actually more religious. Um, Large portion of the, the islands, large portion of the Caribbean is Christian dominated, Catholic. So I grew up in a society where it was very much so like, well, you're a man. This is what boys do. This is what men do. So, like, even just moving my wrist or hang, letting my wrist hang, oh. it, if my father and he's not—he wasn't one of these type of like bigots or anything—but even if he saw me doing that, he'd be like, "Hey, cut that shit out. What mm-hmm. are you doing? You know, stand up straight, be strong." Mm-hmm. So when my guitar teacher is telling me to
0: do that, it's a bit of resistance.
2: Yeah, and I didn't even realize I had that, and it wasn't like, "Oh, my mind was instantly like, 'Oh no, you like this now.'" But it was just like. I was fighting my own body I was fighting so much things same thing with yoga practice for me like I when I first started practicing yoga um, I started about three years ago I'm not saying I'm a master of it or anything but when I first started practicing I was like a lot of these positions I'm in feel a little bit suspect (laughs) and I was like. Okay, but why are you judging yourself? Like, okay, you know the things you believe in. You know how, like, you know who you are. So those type of things, those perspectives that you are giving into,
0: those thoughts—your so mind playing tricks on
2: you. Exactly. So I have been adamant in softening, softening myself recently, which is kind of difficult at the same time because, like, when I hold the music circles and everything, I'm very much. I guess in the lead of it, so yeah, I have to, I feel, like, yeah, I feel pow- like I'm powerful. Like, okay, if I if I show fatigue or show too much weakness right now, the whole rhythm will fall mm. apart. But I, my, my my teachers and all of them, they're so se- soft when they're doing these things. They're so calm. They have so much peace. So that's what I'm always striving for, and all. So I had to unlearn what I had learned for the last year of playing guitar. I was playing it just like bomb, bomb, bomb. I broke. So much guitar strings, like even my electric guitar string popped and up just with my fingernail, I wasn't using a pick or anything. And I'm like, that's so much aggression. Like, let that go. Why are you what what is that towards? Like, why are you playing so rough? And now I, I recently I got a new tattoo on my arm and um. My right arm used to. A lot of people don't know this. Like unless you really knew me, but my right arm used (laughs) to have. You'll find out now. Right. (laughs) I used to have a brand on my right arm, like a. um, When I was a kid, I don't know if I wanted to be like a gangster, right? (laughs) But my cousin, like he, my cousin, he grew up in what you would say is like the hood, Mm -hmm. and but I grew up in like the suburbs. Mm -hmm. But every summer, my cousin would come by my house, and he'd come by, and we'd just kick it and one year he came by I was like nine years old and he had like some scratches on his arm nine yeah he had some scratches on his arm and but it was shaped like a p and his name was Patrick and Uh so he started like he's like yeah no I you know I I kind of rubbed off my skin with an eraser huh yeah 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 okay so I'm not saying it made sense but I was like that's really cool I want that too when you're
0: nine everything that is cool exactly
2: so he was like you sure he asked me multiple times and everything i remember and he was like all right and he proceeded to basically my name a tomb right now but my birth name is Akeem. my mom gave me that name my name changed to a tomb uh when me and my wife got married like it was like a ritual for us um so he starts marking an a on my arm painful of course like with a a pencil eraser we just he just kept rubbing at off my skin okay and it turned into a, a a scar and i've carried that scar for years my whole life and through my like plant medicine journeys and stuff i realized like that was also like a symbol of being oppressed being a slave to something like being owned and recently i just went on a trip to pi pi thailand and my to see my tattoo guy shout out owen bamboo hey, tattoo shout out <laughs> and uh i don't remember exactly how the tattoo that he made for me came into creation per se like I just messaged him I woke up one day and I was just messing with some AI art and I had done s- historical studies of my, my culture my, my family's lineage is from what we call our Taino people of uh, Jamaica and of the Bahamas and I a tomb is associated with the Sun of Egypt the Sun God of Egypt so I was like you know I want I want a tattoo on my I want a sleeve mm. but I want uh, the Sun I want the goddess, I want all of it on my tattoo. And I just did some AI art, which is a great thing. I mean, mm, I know a lot of people have feelings. Sign. Right, I was just like, God, or Sun God Ra, um, goddess, um, it wasn't Pachamama, it's actually a, a goddess from Mayan culture called Ixchel, or uh, like I-X-C-H-E-L. Um, but in Taino people, it's, which is pretty much the same culture or derivative, it, her name was uh, Atabe, So I was like, okay, Atape, type that in on the AI art, got all of these things, got these different uh, geographical shapes, sent it to my tattoo artist and was like, yo, put it together. Mm. And I'm not joking. The most painful part of doing the tattoo was that spot. Yeah. Mm. But lit and (laughs) it makes me feel like I want to tear up as soon as he, he like pretty much like burst into the scar i swore i saw my grandmother she passed away me and her weren't super close like she didn't do anything wrong it's just she lived on an island i didn't see her often um but she passed away many years ago i never got to go to her funeral um but i saw i saw her at that time and she was just saying i love you i know we weren't close but i love you and trust me i love your father i love all of that and that week of me doing the tattoo it took like four days to do i don't know if i'm just I was just being weak and and crying too much or whatever. (laughs) But it took four days for him to do the tattoo for me. And that whole week, I just felt so soft. And I would pick up my guitar, even though my arm was sore. Because I would pick up my guitar and it was sore, I would have to play it softer Mm. because I couldn't just be strumming along or anything like that. So I started to relearn in a week how I was playing my guitar. And I was just like, oh. Well, if this is what the sound of my guitar was before, which was super aggressive, in my opinion at least, was really aggressive, really loud, um, so much scratches and everything. If this is what it was like and I was presenting that to the world before, then this can be the new thing I'm presenting to the world. And that was also like a metaphor for my own life. Like, what was my image going out to the world? Yeah, I'm talking about music for one, But I was also just talking about me, like how many people are just seeing me and their instant thought is like, "Mm, he looks a little bit aggressive, things like that. And I never wanted to come off like that. So I definitely wouldn't have wanted my music to sound like that. So recently, because of that, removing that mark off of my body, I felt like I reclaimed my right arm. And it felt like I had more control over this arm now. You can see I, I let my wife do henna on my hand today, on that same hand because it's literally for me, it felt like the two sides of my body were finally coming back together. And it was okay that my left hand might not have long fingernails, but my right hand does because I play guitar with it. And that really made me feel like, okay, this side of my body is more delicate. Like now I'm treating it more soft. And uh, yeah, so that's been uh, what we've been doing. Hmm. You wanna pause for a second? Yeah,
0: sure. Hello.
1: Um, I'm doing the workshop here at Okay,
2: you're going to be in this room? Yeah. Oh, I apologize. Okay, okay apologize. not a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I figured that was what was going <laughs> to going on. Right, but, you know,
1: I'll keep quiet while you finish. That's oh, no, we, got, we,
2: got a, we got a little while. We, we could go ahead and find another spot.
0: Okay. Hello, hello. Check, check. Damn, all right. You come in a little oh, bit oh, sir. One two one two. Okay. My bad. <laughs> Small little interruption. But yeah. we're back. Had to move our space, and now we're in a different location. A bit more personal. It's your space. Yes. Yeah. Again, yeah, thank you for inviting me. Of course. Uh, what were we talking about? We're talking about the the tattoo and the hand and the yeah. softening of it.
2: Yeah. No, I had to. I had to become softer, and in doing that, that I just stopped having resistance to so much flows in my life. Like when opportunities came up, I was easily available for them because I was just like, okay, well that seems like the direction that I'm supposed to go right now. Yeah. That softness, that that uh, masculinity in the sense that sometimes we have in excess, all of those things. I had to let that go for a little bit because I couldn't become a commander until I learned how to be led first, you know? And I think a lot of us, I know or I can only really speak for me. I often like if someone's telling me, oh, um, it takes this long to become a great athlete. For some reason in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but I'm the exception. I can wake up tomorrow and be a great athlete. And it's like, no, you have to take the time and learn it. Or they often say. Trust the process, mm. trust the process, like there's steps in this, there's steps in your life that you should have take that everyone has to take at some point and if you skip those step steps it's i'm not gonna say like you can't make it but it's a lot more likely that if you're skipping a step that you're going to trip you understand like if you're going upstairs or you're going downstairs yeah most of us especially when we were like kids uh oh, jump off four steps things and like that we trusted our bodies trusted so much stuff but It was more likely for us to fall and hurt ourselves because we weren't taking our time so my ultimate goal right now for everything i do in life is to be more patient and for me being more patient means to be less aggressive in situations and just be able to look at it 360. and the best way to do that is to have both perspectives and have that masculine have that feminine perspective you know so when i walk into a situation i mentioned that I was playing my guitar aggressive. I was aggressive in that sense, and you can kind of just feel that energy going off. In order to soften myself, I had to think, okay, well, what does this situation look like if I walked into this room as a woman? And that perspective was so much different. And it's so easy for me to get into that that mind state because I have my wife. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, what does this situation look like? This is how it looks like for a tomb. But what does it look like for Iman? Maybe a tune wasn't here or, you know, anything like that. So I step into that and I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm feeling a little bit more soft. That means I maybe should, I probably shouldn't command so much of this room. I should just be able to listen. Mm-hmm. And being able to listen allowed me to be able to just sit with my thoughts, sit with everything that was going on and not just instantly jump at it. And that's what patience embodied for me. So all of that, that that whole process, <laughs> all of that came from me sitting down and getting Tattooed for four days, five hours each day, and just being like, "Well, why do I? Do, why am I doing this? Do I enjoy the pain, or it was just a ritual for me? Mm. And it was a ritual of just reclaiming that part of me. So
0: that's where I was. <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing." Yeah. Uh. What the fuck about the brand thing, though? Like, I, I still don't understand how the, a rubber can cause such a permanent... Yeah, thing. um... is that like the heat from the rubber, maybe? Yeah, right? It
2: was. Just, I, I'm assuming it was just the friction, like... And I remember when my mom found out, like...
0: She was like, what, what is this? Like, oh is my it? gosh,
2: she couldn't... Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely from the age where we used to get whoopings, uh, you understand? Yeah. But I made sure that... She didn't find out for about two weeks, and the only reason she did find out was because it became like a scab. It was like a big...
0: It was a big scar on my and arm. And you're nine years old. You can't really you can't really ride. Yeah. Right, right. Hide,
2: yeah. So but she found out we were like on a family vacation and we went like I went swimming like a, a fool. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so that whole night my arm was just itching, it was in pain, and she was like, What's what's up with your arm? And I was like, Oh nothing. Mm. <laughs> but we were in a hotel, so there was not going to be any spankings or anything right mm. then, but yeah, no
0: when you get you got back. Yeah, yeah, most likely. I can't remember it, but <laughs> Oftentimes, like as, uh, coming from me also with with tattoos also, it's a it's a form of like forging your own identity or forging mm-hmm. a new identity. Sometimes, uh, like say, like I have a couple of animals on my arm, mm. and they represent certain things at certain points of my life that I wanted to embody. Yeah, and I'm sure for you also when you when you when you when you do that, it's a ritual. Like mm-hmm. you, what you said, you it requires pain to overcome. And it's a permanent thing that now represents who you are in yeah. the present moment. No, that's what right. they were
2: telling me, too. Like, they were like, think about it. It's the pain is for, okay, yeah, 15 hours or whatever. Mm. But it's going to last. Mm. Like, every time I look down at my shoulder
0: now, I'm like, wow, I overcame that. I and can overcome so much. F- five hours and four days is no joke. Like, yeah. I, did, did, I do like... I do like maybe five hours, and I wait two months before I do the next one. Cause it I really? want it to heal. I'm I'm not gonna do like the full sleeve in like a weekend. Someone a should have told me. I will I will come back in, in two months time. I'm I'm fine. That's why I to told prove him.
2: it. My my tattoo guy, he's amazing, man. But he was he for me, he was the embodiment of like all of my darkness yeah. right in that moment. You gotta like, Fuck. and he had this one other friend that was there every day that I was getting tattooed. So it was five hours each day, uh-huh. and he had this other guy who would literally just come there and just like look over my tattoo and just be like, "jeb," which means like pain in Thailand. He's like, ah, that hurts. And I'm like, why are you here just to remind? Yes, I know it hurts. It's happening to me. But the funny thing is, as soon as he would come and do that, the pain would be so much less as soon as he walked away. It wasn't like he was a problem. It's almost like he was just it was like an was extra a, person yeah. to be like, "Wow, you went. You're going through something difficult." He just acknowledged ah, it,
0: though. Yeah, all he did was just mm, "Yeah."
2: That's it. Yeah. Every day he was there though. Same time, like he he didn't work there. He would, sometimes just some he would just yeah, <laughs> just he, some guy. You know, Thai to Thailand, just hanging out, right? He'd just come in there. He'd just be like, "Yo, what's up, brother?" And, and in Thai, of course. And then he'd just be like, "Jeb." And then you walk out. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else saw him. Okay, he, he might have just been the ghost of the yeah, tattoo yeah. shop. <laughs>
0: some just like the resident cat. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But no, man, it was it was a ritual that I I definitely felt like I had to go through. I typically tattoo um, after some some it just experience. Like right. I felt like I leveled up from last yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I the tattoo had came to mind and it's like I said I just sent all the information to my guy and he was just amazing with creating it the way that it's exactly like I, I see it? it. Yeah man. Let me, I got to take it It's off my a, shirt a, for a it's minute. on your
0: shoulder So your, it's my
2: it's my uh-huh. whole like half of my right shoulder blade and then the,
0: the top part of the, the arm. yeah okay, we'll, do, we'll do it later. I do yeah, no problem. That,
2: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool man. It has the elements of the tribal people uh, the Taíno people. Um, It has the goddess literally watching my back. So her face is on my back. And then my right arm has the sun, the sun god on it. Yeah. So it's like, and it's so funny because that, those days after it was just like my arm was on fire. Mm. And it wasn't from the, like, I mean, yeah, I've gotten tattoos before. That wasn't even like my first real sleeve. Like I did the forearm and stuff before, but my arm was on fire and i kept telling myself well what did you expect you're putting the sun god on it like you are trying to embody that and that fire that i was feeling is like the sun purifying corruption inside of me that's how i kept imagining the stories you tell yourself Yeah, yeah because that's what gets me through the day so i'm like oh no i'm really i wanted the energy of the sun all right well the sun purifies so much things like I like to say the moon brings it to light, you know, lights us up in the darkness. It brings certain things that we want to work on to light. That's why certain plant medicine ceremonies like ayahuasca, nighttime thing. And then the sun is what now you brought it out out of the darkness. You brought it into the light. The sun is what makes it like, hey, it's okay. It's pure again. Mm -hmm. And not saying that anything was actually ever wrong with being in the dark or anything like that. But it's just like that's what I was doing. I felt like I had no control over my right hand. That was symbolic for me of not being disciplined not having patience so much things i look at life with so much symbols so me doing this it was like almost like domesticating my right arm and bringing it back into the fold so yeah i might i don't have a zombie arm and it's not owned by anybody except for me now in that sense and i don't even say i own it if one day comes where i have to return it back to the earth or anything like that then i'm willing to do that as well so but I, I feel really good to be where I feel like is balanced
0: right now. Beautiful. I l- I love this um self reflection. Yeah. Self reflection. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Like the stories you tell yourself really do matter. They do. And it's something, like in in the mundane, right? If you if say if you're going for, like say the tattoo, which is a ritualistic process, it's ceremonial. Mm-hmm. In in some you can interpret oh, it. In definitely that. ceremony. And you can see the meaning behind it. You can you can. Create stories behind it, mm. but it's more harder to create stories for like day to day, like sipping a cup of coffee or just going for breakfast or just waking up. What story can you tell yourself that makes this event so significant, mm. right? And 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 it 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 requires like a deeper meaning, a deeper purpose of like why are you waking up every morning? Yeah, every day won't be so ceremonious like you go and read find some like god that you want to put on you. Yeah, but like just waking up every day, you know, what stories can we tell ourselves to then? give meaning to that that incident for me i'm a a gamer
2: at heart like i played um to be honest with you when my brother went away for college my brother's eight years older than me so i was eight pretty much when he or excuse me i was like nine when he went to college or or 10 and he um when he left my parents were going through a divorce at that time so it was really just me and my mom and my mom was working full-time so her idea the best way to keep me safe was to keep me indoors. Mm-hmm. So at that time in my life, I was—I I stopped playing American football, stopped doing so much stuff. But she would get me video games. And the reason I mention video games right now is because for me, I... Gauge a lot of life like a video game. I know that's not
0: a, a new thought it's, for anybody. No, I have thoughts about this. I <laughs> think it, I think it's a great metaphor for life. But
2: I feel like you and me talked about this one day, and I was telling you about like some people feeling like NPCs yeah. or in a video game that's like non-player characters. So it's like that—that's not the one that person people control, but it's mm-hmm. what the programmer put there to help you progress in the story. Right. So there's some people in your life or my life that I often feel like that. But specifically in video games, you have the journey of being be getting to like max level um one game i used to play a lot was world of warcraft well, of course world, world of Warcraft alliance oh a horde oh yes Yo, Lota. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was yeah yeah i was I played World of Warcraft for maybe about eight years, nine years of my life. And I'm lying. I probably more like Uh, 15. (laughs) But um, I'm also considering going back into it. They just have a a new expansion coming out. Microsoft just obtained Blizzard. uh, So it's like a big merger. And I'm just like, this is huge. But in World of Warcraft, you have the great journey of going from level one to whatever the max level of the game is. And I watch so many people love that part part of it and then hate being at the maximum level they reach the max level or or and the the highest point of their career in the game which I'm talking in metaphors in the sense this is symbolic and they're just like okay what now like I'm here and it's like well there's thousands of things you can do you can even go back and do those things that were considered low level for you before and and you could redo those things but for me every day, I weigh my success personally and this is how I gauge whether I'm in a good like mode in my life or a good part of my life if I can actually stop and think and reflect on this. Some days I'll sit down and I'll be like, I'm, I'm not doing enough, there's people out there, you know, I should be on the street corner playing with my guitar if I wanna get noticed or all of these stuff. And then there's a part of me that's like, you don't actually care to be noticed or all of those stuff. But I know specifically, I do not feel good unless I do three things every day. And those three things are for me and they're all growth things pretty much. I have to do some form of exercise. I have to make some form of money. It's not, it's not it doesn't have to be hundreds of dollars. It just has to be like, I contributed to continuing my survival today. So um, exercise, money, and some f- spiritual practice or some physical practice. So for me, it would be like playing guitar That I know that if I keep doing this every day, I look up in five years and I'm like, whoa, you know, I did that every day. And now this is me. So once I get those three things out of the way for me, I I did my exercise. So I try and knock that out first thing in the morning. I work an American job, even though I'm living in Thailand. So I'm working basically three in the morning or earlier, sometimes three in the morning till midday. And so I get the money making part part of my life right out the out of the way instantly. So I'm like, okay, that's successful for most people. That's enough. But I know, like I said, I need something that's showing spiritual growth and physical evolution. So exercise, and then for me, it's playing guitar. Once I get those three things out of the way, so in a video game, that would be my daily quests. Mm-hmm. I logged on at max level. And even though these, this quest isn't contributing to the storyline of the game, it's contributing to my character's development. I'm like, OK, that's my daily quest. Once I get my daily quest done, I can go ahead and do whatever I want. If it's. Yeah. If it's one in the afternoon and I did all of those stuff, that's fine. Now I feel okay to say, okay, I'll sit down and smoke some weed and play video games. Mm. Because I I did the things that are actually developing my character. I'm not saying that's the best way for everybody. But for me, that's how I was able to get myself in a healthy mental state to say, okay, stop beating yourself up. You're not a loser. You accomplished these three main tasks in your life. You made the money. You and your wife are now able to continue living the way you do eating the way you do, enjoying the things you do, did that, you're exercising, all right, now you can enjoy those same things longer, hopefully, you know, and um, the last one is playing the guitar, that is something for me that is, music for me has been a weird thing, because like I mentioned to you, I've been singing my whole life, I've been making music my whole life, at one point I was signed to an indie record label, um, and I used to sing on cruise ships, I did American Idol, I did The X Factor, I've done so much with music, but all of that stuff was pursuing success, or pursuing a lifestyle that I saw other people had, that did music, and I was like, well, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be striving for. And so it was always, not even just an escape, it was the way out. And um, as a young black man coming from America, they typically say, that's those are the two things, music, like some entertainment, or like... Well, sports is entertainment as well. But those are the two main things that will get you out. But then my brother, ultimately, he was he's an, a financial advisor, insurance agent and also professional athlete, professional basketball player, he's six foot eight. I remember I was at the worst point in my life and I was going through what I now know is an awakening. Like I thought I was losing my mind. I was having visions of Atlantis. And that's part of where my name and everything started to come and change and my brother was just like hey he just came up to me one day and he was just like hey i got you an interview at my job um for selling health insurance and you'll make a lot of money you need to go do it and i'm just like okay i'm not doing anything else whatever i'm great at interviews went got the job it was a term job for like six months but they were supposed to hire me longer that's actually not actually true they were supposed to hire us if we finished the whole year or whatever but they didn't have their merger whatever I made more money in that six months than I ever had in my life. It wasn't that, It wasn't even astronomical. It was just more money than I ever had. Met the woman of my dreams at that same time. And I straight up looked her in the eyes. At that time, I was having visions of my death, I guess you could say. Like if I stayed where I was living, I saw me and my two best friends at the time, all of our, our deaths. Like It was like I just had a dream or a vision. But I tell you, it was an awakening. I was just having these things. And the one way I felt like, OK, I can prevent all of this is if I remove myself from the equation, because it felt like me and my three fr- or my two friends were in this cycle of one of us was an angel. One was a human and the other one was a demon. Like, literally, that's I had a friend who was just smoking, smoking uh, uh, um, tobacco, drinking alcohol for breakfast, all of these things. But he was a great person. And and then I had another friend who was like super Christian. To the point that we used to call him the righteous. His, <laughs> we call him the righteous one, like as his old nickname. And then I was the human. And it was like, yeah, I could do some bad stuff with him. I could also do some good stuff with him. When we come together, we all kind of had an understanding. But I saw my friend who was the angel. I saw his, his physical death in it. Like I saw him flipping an ambulance. And turns out after I left, that happened, but he didn't die. Um, and the other friend, I saw him just overdosing. And me, I didn't see my death the same as theirs, but I felt like I was. it was going to be through illness. Like it was going to be like I was going to get sick. At that time, I was I was heavily overweight. Um, I was probably at like 120, 130 kilos. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was really big. And that was before Thailand, of course. I came to Thailand. And even though Thailand has so much food always, I just... That's actually when we, we decided to go vegan. I think it was just some random thing, but uh, long story short, yeah, I, I just saw, saw all of their deaths, and I was like, you know what? I told my wife, I was like, I will follow you anywhere, and she was the one who suggested Thailand, and I'm not even joking. At that time, I so uneducated in that sense. I was like, what part of China is that? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, what part of China is Thailand? And uh, we spent six, no, was it six months? No, we spent about three to four months. So I, the job ended for me in December, but I was guaranteed to get a check for like six thousand dollars that was going to come um in the spring because uh, after some contracts went through all of that stuff and we sat down and literally we just sat down on this couch for three to four months watching nothing but YouTube videos of Chiang Mai, Thailand and just. And my brother would pop his head in the room and he would be like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And he'd come sit down with us and we'd eat food. And my brother would just watch videos of people on the walking streets and imagining himself standing over all these people because he's so, he's a giant. And he's just like, Yeah, no, you're, he's like, I'm coming too. We're going. We're going to do that. And literally, the only thing we did not do when we were leaving America is burn down our apartment. Like, we should have we should have done something. Like when I stopped and think about it now, I'm like, man, we probably should have robbed a bank. <laughs> but no, uh, we were just like, we just left in such a, a hurry. Like, almost, uh, you would swear somebody was chasing us, but we all just knew that was our destiny. And now I look up and it's been seven years. Damn. Like, seven. Yeah, going on seven years, six years. We came my math might be a little off we came in in spring of 2018 Hmm. and we haven't had to leave in that sense we've gotten so much great opportunities visa stuff like some of the hardest times that people faced here were covid times of course everybody went through that but like to see foreigners sometimes that uh, during that time and they were just afraid not knowing what their their visa status was going to be or were they going to get sent to a country that's red flagged with COVID, all of this stuff. And we didn't have to worry about that because we had such a blessing that my wife had got her 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 teach um she got licensed to teach here and she was wor- working for a great school right now. And they, as soon as they got us, they were just like, hey, you guys married? And we were like, yeah. They we were like, well, he can be covered by your visa. So that really helped because I, at the time I didn't have a degree. So for me to find a teaching job wouldn't have been something that was possible in that sense and it was just we moved to thailand with the intention that we're moving to thailand i remember looking at my brother looking at my wife when we were getting on the plane and uh telling them i was like you know when we get on this plane we're like we're like schrodinger's cat if you know yeah Yeah, we're like we are literally going to be dead or alive for the people i told them to make sure that we all got over the emotions i was like man everybody that we're leaving they think of this, them. Like they're dead this already. Is, this is it. Yeah. yeah they're dead already because we don't know what our destination is. We didn't visit Thailand and then come and move. We just went straight. All our bags were packed and we just came and on a one-way ticket. And that was that. And since then, literally none of our family, nobody was able to come visit us. It was mm. hasn't been able to visit us because then when they finally started planning, COVID happened. Mm. And then now after COVID, people are sick. Like uh, my wife's mom is a, you know, a little bit not well. And she's normally the one who would travel and set all this stuff up. So we've been here and isolated from our families in that sense. And I know that's not a new story for so much people in the world. But what I had to do was I it made me have to step into my role as a man because now I'm. Now I have a wife. She's not a, she's not here with her family. Our Yeah, our family would send money here and there and help us out when we need, really needed. which in the first few years here definitely needed. And it's extremely appreciated. But I had to step into so much roles. And at that time, I was only 25 and I was just learning myself. I often joke and say, like, I feel like I just learned how to talk, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we have all these personalities when we're teenagers and stuff, but that's not actually us. And I feel like a lot of people from in their 20s and 30s, that's when they really start to find themselves out. And you mentioned that when you were like, you know, you get older and you're kind of like, I don't actually want to hang out. I don't really want to do anything. And I can't tell you or I because I don't know for myself whether that's a positive thing in my life or or if it's like hindering or like like I said, if it's a fear, because sometimes you're like, I don't want to go do that. And it's like, Wow you miss you 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 might be missing out on opportunities to meet somebody else that that might be there to help you get to that next stage of your life or other times you might actually be avoiding something a dangerous situation and what we're trying to do now is really get back to trusting our gut, which is like our real magic in that sense like it's not not telling myself every time that I say I don't want to do something that it's actually wrong maybe that's the part of the childhood in me that needed to be healed to be like, you know, they often say that we are not able to like when we're kids, if somebody's like, oh, I want to hug your son, this child doesn't have any say in that, you know, it's like, oh, go hug your uncle. So it's like, no, I don't feel like doing that. So I am guess I'm coming back to being like comfortable with not everything is for me. That's really been key. Um, as a millennial, my wife often tells me that I'm trying to overcome FOMO or fear of missing out. I, I, hate, I hate that word. I know. <laughs> I hate that word. Uh. But it's something I really had. For me personally, I really, to the point that I, I found it healthier for me to block certain people. Because it started to feel like you're doing this. Like, I, I, it, I know it's so conceited to think, but I'm like, man, do these people know how that affects me? Like, oh, I, I wasn't invited to that or I was invited and I couldn't go. So all types of stuff. And I'm just like, you know, I'm going to not unfriend these people because I enjoy these people, but maybe I don't have to see all their posts so much.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. No, you I mean, I'm... Because it it made me feel insufficient, man. It was a beautiful sharing. Again, I I, I really... I love the perspective that you have about all these things. Even from... And and as you were talking, I have a lot of mental notes about Mm. how I agree with with most of the things that you said from the analogy of the video game thing Mm. where... A video game is the perfect analogy for life. It is, if you believe in simulation theory and all that, you are the main character of your own game. Everybody else is an NPC. And everybody that you interact with can either help you or hurt you Mm. along the way. Whatever that you have envisioned for your character, if you want strength, you do this and you add strength to your point you want this you want that you have a choice of doing everything mm-hmm. but you do need to f- complete your daily quest to be able to go and do your your your, so your dungeons many, or whatever so many
2: times i was too broke to do the stuff that my yeah. other friends were able to do and i
0: like they're like hey yeah. come buy this and thing it, it's a it, thousand and it compounds it because yeah. then afterwards you don't have the item so you can't go into the cave exactly and there are times when you just want to walk around the town and look at people and, like, fuck around. Like, yeah. Go and disturb some, like, lower-level people. <laughs> and sometimes it's okay, it's, it's serious business, let's meet at, at the entrance of the diner. let Exactly. Let's go and, exactly. And raid, right? So there are times when, like, it's just casual, sometimes it's just, like, important. And sometimes when you die, there's consequences to your mm-hmm. actions and stuff like that. You can't attack something that's too high a level and also... You mentioned about how the people that are at the highest level when they have all the gear, where they've they've been through everything already, it's boring to them. Yeah. And you think about why that is, because I read this um Alan Watts book, I can't remember what the mm. title is, but he's he he explains about how uh, imagine when you're playing a game, right? And you have the cheat code. You know every path, you know everything, and mm. you have and you have infinite life and you play the game, it gets boring. Yeah. Because there is no challenge none so imagine you are you you are the universe right you are god and god is you and god has the ability to just do snap his fingers and everything can happen mm-hmm. so to him playing this game of life is boring yeah. so to make it fun he removes the cheat code he yeah. removes the the infinite lives he removes all the goal you have zero money you, you you die one time that's it mm. and 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 this is you and you know, there's people
2: who love that difficulty yes because love
0: that because you are God playing a game of life, yeah. right? You are the universe experiencing yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you are playing this game of life now, and when you see certain challenges, you have to realize that this is the game. This is the p- part, of the fun exactly. of this whole thing. Right. And you can't meet it with like anxiety or fear. You must take it like, oh, I died. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll wake up tomorrow. I grind some more. Mm-hmm. Once I get a better sword, I can go and fight. Exactly. And the more things you happen, the more it becomes fun. And some people don't want, the, don't want that grind
2: though. I know and that, but there are certain games. That, how can I say, there's certain people who don't want that same grind of being like, okay, well, I'm just going to get, so there's a game like Diablo, Mm -hmm. for example, where it's literally, it's just, we're going to run into the dungeon, we're going to kill these things, we're going to get new gear, and then we're going to do that same thing again. And there's some people who don't want that type of thing, and, but there's also, what this world is, yes, this world is a game, but it's also like an arcade so it's not just the one game. We're not all just meant to go fight the dragon, and get a sword. Some people are. Their life is literally. You no, know, I pick the potatoes. and I put the potatoes in the bank for storage. Yeah. Somebody else takes them out of the, out of the storage. That's not my. That's not my role. Some people, and you can find enjoyment in picking the potatoes. There's picking
0: lawnmower games, right? Or like that. Literally, like, any game can be a,
2: exactly. Life. And you can. You just have to tell yourself like, I'm enjoying this. You have to remember that you you signed up to enjoy this thing. So like. Me and a um, there's a guest here. He's got this guy named Cody. He's been through some of the plant medicine ceremonies, and we were sitting down the other day, and we were just talking about um, that we chose to live life. And he, we both were like, we're very adventurous. We could just off of conversations, we could see like we're really adventurous. First of all, if you if you've ever been in any plant medicine ceremony, you're definitely a brave and adventurous person. I don't care what anyone else tells you, you. Have gone into the darkness of your soul and looked at it and been like, "Wow, okay." Mm. So he, we were just saying that, okay, if I chose to live, if I got to choose this game, I know, I know that I'm here for a real purpose. Then it's not just because I I just chose the game, but I wouldn't choose me personally. I wouldn't choose a game that looked boring to me. I uh, just like you could have been born in any time. I could have been born in time. I'm 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 a singer. I could have been born in time where in the times where Motown and all of those, like Michael Jackson and all of that, were were superstars, where people cared a lot about how your voice sounded singing. But I also chose to be born in a time where it was more articulate when people are just are rapping and, and things of that nature. Not saying anything's wrong with those. Just saying, I didn't choose to be born in that time. The reason I'm saying all of this is because he asked. Or we were both saying like, you know, a lot of people are like, what's the purpose of this? We're all seeking what's the purpose of this life and all of these things. And or if all of this information a lot of us are collecting these days, because our whole generation is kind of feeling like this is the end times. Like everything is going to shit and it's like it's game over. And I told them, I was like, you know, I know for a fact that even though it seems like I'm learning all of this stuff and it has no real reason, I know that there's definitely like. Something I'm actually preparing for. That's why I'm going through these physical journeys. That's why I'm going, trying to build up my spiritual force. I don't know if it's going to actually ever be, we look outside our window and there's a dragon and we're like, all right, grab that katana over there and we're going to go fight this dragon. I don't there's know, know if there's a katana over there. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> no, I train in here, man. Yeah. yeah. Because for me, it, it was another thing we talked about. It was like, I was like, I'm always training for a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. He's like, I'm training for robot revolution. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, we'll team up. But um, I'm like, I know I wouldn't have chose something that I would, that wouldn't, I, I didn't choose to be alive in this time because I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a cushy life and I'm just going to relax the whole time. Like, no, I'm here for a purpose and that purpose might be something that might be world chattering. I know that's kind of like a weird ego thing to say, but I'm like, no, I'm. Not saying I'm going to be the, heel, the hero of the whole story, but I'm going to be a part that contributed to something that really shifted something in our world. And for me right now, that, that comes up as music. Like there's so much people who looked at me in the last year, last two years of my life, like, wow, this guy's like a, a high spiritual person. And I personally, and I don't know if this is how all quote unquote spiritual leaders or, or, or group facilitators feel, but I never felt like that. I never felt like I was a spiritual person. Like even when I came to Ayahuasca the first time, I wasn't doing that because I was like, oh, I'm trying to elevate my consciousness. I came there because I had a lot of hatred. Specifically, I had a lot of hatred towards Caucasian people when I and it's not even something that I felt when I lived in the States. It wasn't because I had my best friend. He's he's white, all of these things. But it was when I started to travel and saw how people treated me, saw how people were treating like specifically Thai people. When I first got here, I didn't like so much of the stuff that I saw foreigners doing. I'm not trying to put anybody specifically on, on, on blast, but I, I remember one time my brother was came back from clubbing and he was just like, man, I saw these people climbing the wall and they pissed on the statues or something like that. And I'm just like, that's so disrespectful. Like what made you do that? Like what joy are you getting out of disrespecting people like that? So I had so much anger and hatred that I was just like, you know what? I need to heal this because maybe I can't get any blessings in my life if I'm carrying all these rage. Mm -hmm. And like I tell you, my family, my lineage comes from the Caribbean. I know that's a lot of slave history. I know all of those things. I also feel like my people were always there, that we weren't considered Africans who were brought over. And when I went on these spiritual journeys, it showed me that my ancestry might have came from closer to Mexico than in the most recent years than than in um, West Africa or things of that nature. So when I went to Ayahuasca, my my facilitator, she asked us in the night that night, she was pulling tarot, I believe. And she asked, she looked me in the eyes and she was like, what is your question for Aya? And I was like, you know, my whole life I've spent thinking like I grew up Catholic. I spent thinking like there was good and then there was evil and never the two shall meet. So I was like. I spent my life thinking this group of people over here were evil because of something they did. And I said, my question to Aya is, have I ever done anything evil? And it took me on this whole journey where I had to first embody my ancestor who had this first encounter that I was putting so much heavy weight on. So basically, if I could talk about it, I, my great, like maybe great, great, great grandmother I experienced her life and she was like a warrior, like an Amazonist warrior in her tribe. And she was assaulted in the jungle. Yeah, like sexual assault, she was assault. And I experienced this while I was on my ayahuasca journey. And she uh, was just laying in the jungle. And it was like, long story short, first actually, is that the people that I was blaming for this thing, my ancestor who experienced this quote unquote trauma didn't have any perspective of who actually did this. She was just assaulted in the jungle by this darkness. Never got to see a face. I'm spending, so you understand, I'm spending my my actual existence, my life sitting here saying, oh yeah, because history books and all of this stuff told me, oh, this group of people did this evil thing or this and this and that. I'm sitting here spending all of that energy that I could have been used manifesting positivity in my life. I'm spending that hating a group that, the person that was actually harmed by the act didn't even know who did the thing. You understand? It's like you're in a room filled with people and you're just spinning around pointing fingers and saying, I hate you because you, she didn't even know. But at the same time, she didn't feel that. I'm the one who's, who's 10 generations down and I'm sitting here feeling this energy talking about some, oh, they did this to her. And she ultimately, by the end of my whole journey, I experienced her becoming like this chieftain in her village And and just kind of being this medicine woman now that she had put down her sword. She couldn't hold the swords anymore because part of the 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 act like she was in a war or whatever, like she lost her arms. And that was so that was a part of the the experience that I had to go through. But she just had this beautiful life that came out of it. And clearly a beautiful existence continued to spawn because that's that was generations ago. And I'm still currently here. And it was so healing. And the message, so basically I went through that whole journey and the message that Aya told me was that there is no evil in nature. Like certain things just happen. And part of that experience, I experienced it as my greatest grandmother. (laughs) But at the same time, I also realized like, hold on, I wasn't even a human. I wasn't being assaulted or sexually assaulted in the jungle. I was just another animal walking through the jungle in the night and... Specifically for me, on the journey, they say you take ayahuasca, sometimes you see your your spirit, spirit animal. animal. A black panther fell out of the tree, like a jaguar fell out of a tree on top of this animal that I was. So I'm sitting here thinking I'm being sexually assaulted. Like, And really, it was like, if you know anything about like big cats, they like to eat their prey alive pretty much while their heart is still beating. So I'm thinking I'm being assaulted and really a cat's on my back eating me, from, like eating my butt. <laughs> but... I had that experience, and the thing that really got me up in the Aya ceremony was that I, uh, I thought, I was like, man, this, this is really tough. If I'm experiencing this, what's my wife experiencing? She's in the, she's in the darkness in the room, too. But, but I was thinking about it like me, but also as like this woman who was in the village, and it was like, okay, if I'm going through this, and I'm the warrior who's supposed to protect everybody, what about the people who, who are back there, and they don't have any protection? So I stood up in my Aya ceremony. But at that time I was being eaten by this Black Panther, I gained so much strength. I'm laying on a mat in the physical and in the spiritual, I was in the jungle laying on the floor being eaten. And like, I just kinda just got a jolt of energy and pushed myself up. And at that moment, this Black Panther revealed itself in front of me and it was so scared. Like the the cat itself was, was scared that it, when it realized like, whoa, he's still alive or she's still alive, whatever, it ran off and i don't know what that was fully symbolic of maybe i'm still processing it even though it was three four years ago but that had always become my embodiment and i know that was just my learning lesson so i was able to get up and try to go to my wife that journey was a very long journey and that was just the first night of a three-night ceremony (laughs) so um but yeah i did some kung fu i was completely naked i did some kung fu in the darkness with the one of the facilitators i ran out of the ceremony room i swam I went through so much different things and it was it was like this never-ending journey because i still sometimes like even though i'll wake up now and like it'll be dark in my room and i'll be like oh i'm back in the ceremony room like i'll hear i well i do live at a place where they facilitate these things so some nights i am waking up and it's two in the morning and they actually are drumming downstairs but a lot of times i'll hear that drumming and i just associate that with my heartbeat now so i don't want that drumming to ever stop you feel mm-hmm. me but yeah, I know I went on a lot, and it looked like you took down some notes
0: again. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I, I try and make it a point to not interrupt no. when when people are like just like going at it. I and appreciate I, you, for and this I love thing. it. Like I love to just hold space, right? I have some. I wrote down some stuff that I I wanted to to add on, mm. but like again, beautiful sharing. Thank like, you. I mm. mean, just think about this: what you just said. Um... So far, everybody that has gone through such ceremonies have always had such great insight, you know. Mm. Um, g- going back to, to some of the things that you mentioned, let me pull up my notes. No problem. I liked what you mentioned about the three things that you wake up to do. Like you, you, you said, your daily quest, which yeah. is to move, to, to be closer to your spiritual self, your higher mm. self, to God, and and the logical world is to make money yeah and as a man I think these are your these this is it this is all the three I things I really that think you that is need to do I know beef we're simple men. yeah we're be really strong simple to, to defend and protect <laughs> yeah provide financially or mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever and, and grow. Then, and grow spiritually. Yeah. Of, like, grow. And that's so simple and you've broken it down in such a simple way. I'm telling you, I, I completely I, I agree. I turn
2: into a potato after the, all, I do those things because I'm like, no, I did not that's I, all you I need to it. do. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, in terms of what you need to do as a man, provide, be strong, uh, and, and, and grow. Yeah. Evolve. Perfect. I can Evolve. sum it up already like yeah. that. So I, I, I love it. I love that. And I hope to embody some of that qualities. Or so. Because yes, I know that I need to do that. Everybody needs to know, knows what they need to do. But... It's, how it's it you phrase it in such a very simplistic way yeah. just wake up do your daily quest which is one two three mm-hmm. and 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 you're done yeah you play the game for real yeah, now yeah
2: now so yeah for me i say okay I could, I could turn i could do whatever from there i still for me i still choose that's the time i spend with my wife we mm-hmm. watch some tv everything after those things but that now leaves room open for me to explore yes
0: because it, it you're you're like a farmer yeah. all you need to do is just sow the seed and water it every right. day you just water it and then the rest of the time is just you you're waiting for it to grow exactly so during that time you spend it with your family you go to the, the Anything. Uh, you know you do or whatever you want or pick up some new skills yeah just climb a tree or whatever yeah. right so so it's not like oh i need to be doing something i need to be doing something that, just, that just anxiety that, is yeah. too much that yeah. is too much for and me. And people are uh, afraid to be bored, right? Yeah. Which, which goes back to the other thing that I wanted to say about social media, mm-hmm. which I also agree, like, I like, I don't need to know what's going on. I hate that I am, like, looking at it all the time. Sometimes I've I, I, I re-deleted and downloaded Instagram for, like, how many <laughs> times a month? And I... I think like I I stopped posting. I just stopped posting already because I feel like I don't need to. It's just yeah. feeding my ego. I why am I looking at how who how many people looked at my things mm-hmm. when it has no purpose. So I yeah. I don't post. If I do post, it's something just for fun. Once a month. Once every two three months. when would, would
2: it have been enough? Anyways, are you ever gonna look at a video and be like, up oh, three hundred thousand? Yeah. It's that's good. It's no? just
0: for an ego boost. You know, I just want to see who's who's looking at me today. Yeah. And the things that you post on Instagram is not real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean every what you see on, on social media is the best version of your life and it's not real like if i saw your profile and i met you you are a completely different person from who you completely are who you show on, on this because it's not real it's a, it's a cv and people get deluded by it they see like oh this, this this guy this girl so successful so pretty so every day is like on an island fucking sipping my ties or whatever but then when you meet that person it's just what who are you like mm-hmm. who show me who you are, but this is not who you are. That's because if they can even spend the time to look at you in the eyes, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and I also start to not watch people's stories, and it's not about like, uh, like even if my friends, I mm-hmm. don't watch their stories, because I don't need to know what's going on. If there is something important to know, tell me. Yeah. right. And and when I receive that news, I feel so sort of, oh, I, someone actually reached out to me and said, hey, uh, this is happening, I'm moving somewhere, I bought a new car, whatever, I'm getting yeah. married. I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't know, because... Why would I? I? I'm not fucking... Sc- I don't... But I it don't. makes it more interesting yeah. to find out Somehow later. Somehow, I feel like it's... I feel more connected. Oh, this news becomes so much more pressure because I received it in a different way rather than like, oh, this person getting married. Okay, this person had a, adopted a cat. This person uh, just gave birth. Okay, whatever, whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like, I see this every day. What's right, the big deal? right. They have... We... I say they as if like there's some system, but
2: we have become desensitized to so sure. much stuff because we have so much stimulation. Yeah. Like, um... Yeah, I don't personally. I I find it hard to have regular conversations with people now because I feel like I do know. I, I'm on social media. Like I, have, and there's nothing wrong with no. It. I've come to having. terms with it now that I grew up in that era where it's important. It's part of yeah, it's that's part of, life. Part of my dow. In you that sense, you like, have to yeah. have Facebook. You have to have an Instagram. Because I grew exists. up as a kid who could play outside, yeah. and then. Was inside with video yeah. games as well. So I tell people we have to, f- especially once again, I'm talking to, to millennials. We have to fuel that dual nature of ourselves. Yeah. Yes, we're we are that generation, that literally that last generation that got to play outside and and. It had to wait till a certain time so we could call our friends where the minutes might be free stuff like that yeah. we are that last generation but we are also that generation that introduced the internet to the whole world in a sense you know what I'm
0: saying we I wouldn't just say introduced it but like we took the internet on the massive scale we were we were the ones that went from analog to the, the yes digital. Yeah. exactly we, we, we experienced that phase because the newer generation just grew up and like everybody had a phone exactly previous generation people wrote letters and we were the ones that like We remembered receiving the phone. We remembered like, you know, I'll call you like, hey, uh, meet me underneath the tree at three o'clock. And you just went and you just waited. You just hoped (laughs) that the guy showed up. Because there's no like, hey, I'm here. There's no like texting like, oh, I'm on the way. You just sort of uh, meet you at three o'clock under the tree. And you just got there. You just waited for the guy. That was how life was back then. Yeah. Yeah. There was no like locations or like, where are you? or Are you on the way? But I feel
2: like that made us have like a dual nature that I'm saying that a lot of people don't feel like they have right now or they're not feeding this dual nature so like i have another friend out here who she's she's also plays kirtan music and things like that but she also has her job that she has to work and one of those things was suffering because she didn't know how to balance both of those and i'm like no you have to sometimes it's actually okay to split up that personality i have my work version of me which still goes by that my original birth name and all of those stuff and that person exists from the hours of 3 p.m. or or 3 a.m. till till midday. That person works that job so that way this version
0: of me can live the life and play and live the dream that that person is dreaming of. And all these versions are still you. you yeah, are, you are not like you are. Mu- you are multifaceted. Yeah, you have. The version of like say the version I see of you, this Mm -hmm. is you. The version from work, your boss sees you, and oh, that's that's who 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 you are. And then your wife, you have a different version. Your friend, your mother, you have all these different layers, but they are still you. Mm -hmm. Uh, if as long as you are being authentic on every level, all these versions are still you. Yeah. Yeah. So you're still being true to your nature. And speaking of nature, uh, what I wanted to, to add in also when you mentioned about. The idea or the concept of good and evil and mm-hmm. how nature is not uh <laughs> any e- of it <laughs> that nature is not evil yeah. and i i agree with that you know to us to an extent mm. so and and it's semantics here we're, we're going into that because no nature is not good or evil it just is yep yeah. if a lion eats a gazelle is the lion evil for killing for murdering the gazelle? Not really. It's just how it is. Well, it's just nature being Well, maybe if nature. it plotted for weeks and it yeah. was, like, <laughs> I was that like that specific I, gazelle, not, yeah, <laughs> he's up for revenge, right? <laughs> but like the na- the lion is just being a lion, mm-hmm. right? It's just like if a tornado comes and fucking trashes your your house or whatever. Is the tornado evil? Is mm. nature evil? Do I now hold resentment to the universe? No, what? Because the tornado is just being a tornado. Right. He, he didn't ask to to be. To be a a a powerful wind force that, and it didn't ask to to run over your house exactly. or whatever. It just is. Exactly. And f- what is evil or is good is how we what we determine onto it, mm-hmm. and it's based on what we experience from our life. If we say, "Uh, this thing happened to me," therefore, I I believe that anything else along that line is considered evil or yeah. is considered good because we interpret it, and if we perceive that through our minds, it means now everything in the world is an illusion because we create what is happening outside. Yeah. So if I say like I think that lion's an evil lion because he ate the gazelle. And I think the gazelle is a good good person because uh he didn't do anything. So Tell now that to the grass though. Yeah. The grass hates the gazelle in that so, sense. <laughs> so now I am disillusioned. I, right. I don't I don't I don't even have a grasp of my own reality because mm-hmm. I'm determining it in certain ways. And now if I carry that mentality into society we're like, oh, this person did this, so he's a bad person. Cancel or whatever. Right, that's where then, we that's are so now. That's strange now. Yeah, and it's it's either you're, you're good or bad. You're black or you're white. We are literally white, back to crucifying people. Yeah, for no particular reason.
2: Because once you're canceled, supposedly it's like people aren't willing to let you do anything to redeem. They, we're mm. we're not interested in redemption stories interst- these days. Yeah, we're
0: interested in just crushing right, just,
2: the just no, no. Go ahead, decapitate. Yeah. That's how how it's been, and it's like we're getting back to that era. So it's like. And it's not a a good era to be in. Right now, we need to come to a term where we can be able to forgive even the people. Because ultimately, we would all want to be forgiven. Like, we don't want to have any part of our life or anything that we did in our life to ever feel like, no, that genuinely is unforgivable. Down to how there's people who rape, there's people who murder, there's people who've done all types of things. I say, I often say that humans aren't evil or good. They're just opportunists. So if an opportunity presents itself, that's when we kind of weigh mm, the the, the pros and con yeah.
0: in that sense. And, and like, no one's watching me right. now. Should I just pick up this wad of cash on the floor, exactly. or should I return it to the owner? And
2: that's when we develop this yeah. this concept of God more so than anything. And we're like, okay, well, somebody needs to be watching me yeah. then, so that way I know that I should what I should yeah. be doing. Because but once again,
0: no one knows what they should be doing. Hence, we we, we talk about religion or we talk about God like, Because yeah. like, if no one's watching. And you still choose to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's who you are. Right. If you do something fucked up when no one's watching, and then if you if you if you are nice to the to your girlfriend, and like the waiter comes and you are like, hey, fuck you, like mm. you, you this is the wrong order. You're not you're not nice. You're who you are is you're a shitty person. Mm. You just chose to be nice <laughs> to impress this girl. Right. So ultimately, who who you are? Um, what's the quote? Um, how you what you do. What is no, that you're more? not your thoughts. You are your actions. That's what you're say- that, saying. That's true. Yeah. And it's also like what what you do is oh, um, is more important. No, than how um, you do it. Wait, give me a minute. Yeah, how you do everything is how how you do anything is how you do everything. Yes, that's the quote I'm. It's true. Say. So if you are nice to the waiter, if you're nice to the to the to the homeless guy on the street, and you're nice to the president or your boss mm. or your girl, you are a nice person, right? But if you're only nice to certain people. Because it benefits you in a particular way. You're nice to your customer because he's giving you money. You're nice to your boss because he protects you. But then someone else is lower than you are, you're shitty to your colleagues. That means you're a shitty person. Like, mm. fact, well, you know what, what do I mean? you think that matters though? Like being a shitty person in that sense
2: versus being a good person. Like, do you I mean, because, I guess that would be more personal in, in the sense to act like if you subscribe to a specific religious belief or something. Because I think I'm right now I'm at a point where you kind of just Just be, not even, I'm not, not trying
0: to do anything. What I have a problem with that is that you, I don't trust you Mm. because I don't know who you are. Are you nice or are you not? The way I can determine whether you are nice or not is if with consistency, you need to be you like, if you're, if you're a bad person and you're bad to everybody, at least I know where I stand. Right. Like, okay, I, I know what to expect <laughs> from you. You're a shitty person. I know I can't really trust you. Maybe I'll hang out with you. You're a fun person to hang out right. with, but I'm not going to trust you with certain things. At least I know where I stand. Exactly. But if you are nice and not nice, or you're conniving on your, you're a wolf in sheep's clothing, I don't know who to, mm. I don't know what to trust. And that's even more dangerous. Because okay, a, 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 like a bad guy, mm-hmm. I know what to do with a bad guy. Yeah. And I know what to do with like the righteous guy. But the guy that's like, I don't know, that's the one you need to be careful with. You know?
2: it's, it's tough for me because like when I read the Tao, the Tao Te Ching, it yeah. says like you just mentioned the trust. Floor. It says directly is like I trust people who are trustworthy and I trust people who are not trustworthy. Yeah. That's literally I can't tell you the specific stanza in, in the Tao Te Ching, but it says that.
0: And it's it's a next level of balance that I don't know how to achieve. Let me let me give you some advice mm. if, if, if if I may from uh, our good friend Le Seneca from letters of a Stoic mm. he mentioned uh, trust trust everyone allow every like uh, what is this quote Trust everyone at least the, per, the first person that you meet but trust your instincts also mm-hmm. so like I give everybody the opportunity or the benefit of the doubt to I believe you sure I'll believe you but I also have my experience right. I know I've been betrayed before nice. and I am wary of it but I don't let my experience affect my uh like I don't bring whatever happened before to forward mm-hmm. so if someone's betrayed me before I don't like hey now you might betray me I'm aware of it but I still trust you first until you prove to me that you have betrayed me then ah okay now I know where to put that's, you. That's that's exactly. So always come with an open heart. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Always no. come with an open heart. Be willing to trust until the point where like that trust has been broken. Right. And you already ex like you you protect yourself a little bit because you're not completely hard in your sleeve. Like here's all my money. Do what you wish, mm-hmm. stranger. You yeah. Know? No, we're not saying be a. Fool. Yeah. Then you're being naive. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to. You don't want to be so, foolish. Yeah. Trust, but have uh, like a. Uh, uh, like, almost it. like
2: a plan B. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't
2: I'll... expect you to fail, but I'm ready to ultra instinct if I have yeah, to.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got your Akatsuki yeah. <laughs> outfits and your bandana over here. and yeah. everything. I love it. Like, I love it. And, you know, and, when I do my kirtans, I wear my Naruto <laughs> headband. And, and like, you Village know, like, of sound. <laughs> uh, I, I I want. I reached out to you on Instagram also because I saw your post of the Naruto one. Oh, I was yeah. listening to the music. Like,
2: oh, should <laughs> I fucking message this guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. S- see, I. And that's what I'm saying. I learned so much of of what being a good person or the person who I am, from anime and the oh, life crazy, that I lived man. in video games.
0: You good? No, hang on. No, continue.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I learned so much of the life that I am, like that I'm living from animations and video games. Like those, the heroes of those stories, the way I reacted to certain quests, things of that nature. It was just. It shapes me now. And to go back to the saying, like, okay, am I good based off of what I do when people are seeing me or are looking at me or or what I'm thinking? Which one, is, like, which one is it? I find myself
0: having that reflection more often when I'm on a nature walk, because you have time yeah. you know, for clarity and time for stillness. Yeah, and once your thoughts settle, things become clearer for sure. So there's a Buddha statue downstairs
2: that. I'm on my hike. Sometimes I come back into the Maravati and I go up to this Buddha statue. Now, I personally believe in what is like called animism. I believe everything, every object is made from earth pretty much. So therefore it all has the spirit of earth. It all has spirit. It all li- is technically living even though it's not a living thing. So I think, like for example, I'll thank an elevator when I after I'm done riding the elevator. I know that sounds a little funny. You're looking at me funny, like, what do you mean? But like, I'm getting in this machine that I say it has a spirit. We give it, we're it, we giving it life. We're giving it so much responsibility. This thing is carrying me up and down. Just think 100 years ago, somebody couldn't have even fathomed that. And now we have that. And it's been able to reduce time of us moving on a vertical plane. So when I get out of the elevator, I'm just like, thank you. Because I don't know if I'm thanking God or if I'm thanking the actual elevator. Because... Just like me, I'm existing. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm something that has, has energy. I have bad days. Sometimes I don't feel like picking up shit. You understand? And this elevator is going up and down every day. What if that elevator just chose to have a bad day that day? And I'm inside of it now. And it's just like, you know what? I'm tired of holding these humans up. Drop and I'm dead. It doesn't cost me anything to, to move through my life like everything has a spirit and should be treated well. It doesn't cost me it's not it doesn't take anything from me to just right while i'm leaving this elevator to be like thank you so why not do it that's why i how i started doing it so i go to this buddha statue every time i'm walking and i bow but only one specific time i did it and i was just like why am i doing this no one's looking at me and i heard like a voice within i guess like i said coming back to talking to gut it was just like someone's always watching that's literally what I heard with it. It was like, no, someone is always watching. And I, didn't, I don't know if I meant that like God or if I meant it in the Matrix terms or whatever. And it was just like, no, but that's your character. That's how you play your character. Someone's always watching you. And I'm like, all right, so yeah, that's, that's me. I do this because I, I enjoy doing this. It's not actually out of any
0: merit that I'm expecting. I'm not doing this for any reward. Such a beautiful... To have such gratitude for, for in everyday life, uh, it's such a it's a cheat code for well being, you know. <laughs> to, I mean like nothing will phase you if you can walk out into the world and thank the stairs. Hey, thanks for letting me step on you to go up. Thanks for for bringing me up to the it second level. It doesn't cost you. Anything. It doesn't cost you anything and to be so grateful of everything, uh, nothing will nothing will shake you. Right? No. Because so to be grateful of everything, you you if if you let me touch some word first, if you get into an accident tomorrow. Yeah. And You'd be like, oh, well, at least I'm not dead, right? You know, it's just an arm, it's just a leg, no big deal. I'm still, I'm still here. We and we trust our healing yeah. processes so amazing. Much now. You, nothing in life will, will affect you. Mm-hmm. It's that's strength, you know. No, and I and I see it and I commend it. You know? No, it's I try, that. I definitely try and do that. It takes a lot, yeah, yeah, and it, it, I'm, like,
2: it's so simple. Like, someone asked me recently, too, where I was, they were like, oh, what's the what do you think? like... The key to, to being enlightened, or sh- no, specifically, the girl said to me, she was like, do you think people can actually attain enlightenment? And I'm like, yeah, you can be enlightened in an instant. That's what I said. And I know that that's actually a controversial thought, too, because I have another friend who I asked a similar question to. Actually, you met him, you know, Felix um, from the cocoon. Hey, the oh, so German, German guy he was running oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He the, the one computer. with the girlfriend right yeah yeah. yeah. so I, great guy I mean he gives great hugs me, me and him I, I don't to know do, what he still remembers me we enough, used to do yeah. nature hikes so yeah. we'd take people out into the jungle and just go off the path and we'd take them to the rapids and everything and he's just such a pure spirit and it turns out he's gone through some stuff I mean if you get a chance to interview him he'll tell you his whole story so but he, he woke up from a coma yeah. that he was in for I, I can't even remember if he said like three years type of thing and he woke up one day from a coma And yeah, like after that, he became he became this person and started living this life. But I asked him one time, I was just like, you know, Felix, do you feel like you could um, be enlightened? Like like, be enlightened? Like, do you feel like what do you what do you think it would take? And he was just like, now, mind you, I'm looking at this guy at the time. He was my best friend, man. I was hanging out with him every day. I'm like, no, this is a great person to be around. And so I'm looking at him like this is a role model to be like. And he was just like, you know, I feel like I would have to go meditate in a in a cave for like twelve years. I'd have to um, join a monastery. I'd have to do so much stuff that we deem as spirituality and whatnot these days. None of those things are are bad. I'm not saying anything is wrong with becoming a monk if if whatnot. But I was like, well, why do you feel like that would that that's what you would need? Who's putting that pressure on you to become? This guru in order to say that I lived a fulfilled life and I deserve to have a, I don't know, any any an eternal afterlife, because uh, I, I can't tell you, I know all of the, the spiritual reasoning behind why, like, OK, um, people are Buddhist, things like that. I can't tell you I know what they're striving to achieve, like Nirvana or whatever that might mean for them. But in that conversation, we were talking about Nirvana, I guess you would say and he was and he basically told me in in little as as many words he was just like i don't feel like i'm enough right now that's how i interpreted his words like i'm not enough to be that and part of me wanted to be like well why aren't you doing that if that's what you believe it would take for you to have this quote unquote fulfilled life part of me thought like well why aren't you doing that but then another part of me was like why do you feel like you'd have to do that like god you really feel like if if a god or the universe you think the universe is demanding anything of you. That's where, because, but then I, after a few months of processes of just, just random life for me, I was like, okay, I can see why other people might also feel like, okay, thinking you can just wake up to enlightenment is kind of also ego. being like, oh, I could be the greatest right now. I don't, whatever. But that's also, they say that God, when God thought about him or herself, they made, he made humanity. So that means that you have that experience of what it is to be God. So my answer to the the girl who asked me okay do you think you can become enlightened I when I said yeah you can be you can do it in an instant it's the reprogramming of the mind mm-hmm. the same way people there's some people who can quit smoking a cigarette right now mm-hmm. even though they smoke packs and packs a day and I know there's a I know there's addictive properties that'll make them go through some hell but I know there's someone out there who is just like no I quit cold turkey and and I'm I'm done with that because that person had a conscious acceptance to say, I'm going to change this nature of me. That's the reprogramming part. And so I was like, I told her, I was like, you know, I feel like if you want to be enlightened, you can, you already dictate what you believe enlightenment looks like. You understand? My friend was able to say enlightenment means to me to be bald headed as a monk and meditate in all in a temple and and I'll experience bliss. That's why I was asking in myself, I was like, well, why aren't you doing those things then? Why aren't, if you, if that's what being like God or being close to the universe is like, why aren't you st- making those, why aren't you doing those steps? Just like someone else, enlightenment might mean having, having a bunch of women around them and tons of money and they might feel like they're super, super at one with God in that moment. For I don't know, I'm, I'm not in that position, but I'm just saying, it's not my job to dictate what it is. And I felt like that was the the clearest part of enlightenment. I told her, I was like, you know, I feel like every time we come through an epiphany, that's an enlightened state. And when it's happening to you in the now, the now is infinite. So if I just came through a breakthrough where I was just like, I want to make podcasts for the rest of my life or whatever. That is an enlightened state. That is me looking at my future, looking at where I am right now, looking at the past and shaping all of those stuff and being like, this is the truth that i'm seeing for myself i can make steps towards that that's an enlightened moment for me that's how i see it now in light, i think a lot of people when they're talking about these things they're thinking of it as this perpetual thing in the physical and i don't believe of it I believe it's like that because i specifically think like if it was this perpetual thing in the physical you wouldn't have came to the physical because that would have been like you said earlier i would have just stayed god i would have just stayed The sun, I would have just stayed up there, but I wanted to come here and go through a a, a tumultuous time, go through tribulations. Because it's fun. Right. It's fun. Why not? I often think of God as like a five-year-old child or not even God as a well, God as a five-year-old child, male woman doesn't matter. Just but in a sad way alone and having to create, imagine all of these realities. So when that five-year-old child. Is imagining the universe and imagining people playing music and greatness. He's thinking about me. He's thinking about so many other people, but all of that creation came from what some people would deem as a negative thing in that sense, which was God being alone in the universe, only him having, only him or her having all of this understanding. So it was like, well, I should do something. I should compartmentalize. I should break off into other parts. But then when you get into that that thought process, that's when you start to delve into these religious practices. And I believe that a lot of them all, through my own personal studies, they all hold a key. Uh, almost like if there was like seven keys that it took to open the doors to eternity. And they each are like, the Buddhists are like, well, this is the physical key. This is the earth realm key. Um, Catholics are like, this is this realm key. Um, the Kabbalah is specifically, the, the, if you talk about the Hebrews, is the Kabbalah is specifically talking about these same things that I'm saying how God pretty much started to compartmentalize himself, if you really delve into it, and that's what we have is the tree of life. It's like God reflected on itself and it created this one over here, which it would be like, um, if I know Hebrew, my pronunciation might be wrong, it'd be like Keter, Keter, Chokma and Bina, or would be like the first three spheres above of the highest realm of consciousness in that sense. And what I tell people, When we're really starting to talk about the chakras and how to be a successfully functioning human is a lot of us don't realize that each chakra, they all recycle. And in each side, inside of each chakra is a full tree of life that also has to be filled. So imagine each of the seven chakras as a grade in school. You have your your first grade, second grade, which would be like the bottom chakra would be first grade. The the second grade would be the, the next chakra up which is the root, or excuse me, it would be sacral sacral chakra. We have root, sacral, um, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat, Throat. um, third eye, and then crown chakra. Inside of each of those individually, we have a full tree of life that embodies all of those same chakras as well. And that would be the actual studies of your, that you would be practicing in each grade. So each grade requires you to take math, take PE, take um, history, all of that stuff and you have to fulfill each of those courses to pass that whole grade. Okay, you passed the root chakra because you fulfilled first grade, things of that nature. A lot of us get stuck at some point in our life, whether it's through some traumatic event, um, some people it's divorce, things of that, that, that nature. Now, to move it away from talking about it in school studies to talking about like physical life and our emotions and stuff. Some people didn't get the full raising of what, what okay, my father left the household, so I never really got to finish, let's say, the PE studies type of thing in that sense inside that chakra. So some people aren't having a fulfilled chakra experience, and they don't realize that that's they weren't able to pass that grade fully, and you're not able to pass that grade until you go seek that experience. It doesn't actually have to be from your direct father per se, whatever you're lacking in that sense, but you have to understand that I'm lacking on some of the the feminine nurturing. I should start trying to delve more into this. One of the key things, like I, I tell some of my guy friends, which I don't actually have much, but, but I have you now, so Damn. that's great. Uh, I tell a lot of my guy friends that I'm like, why don't you start reading books that women write? That's a very simple thing. One of the things that started my quote-unquote awakening is... As a musician, I realized I was listening to a lot of male artists, male R&B artists and things of that nature. And this was men singing in my ear, so that was a little weird for me at one. At, for one. But then when the music started to change, meaning it started to be hypersexualized and things of that nature, I'm like, I don't wanna hear this. Or if I'm going to be hearing stuff about sex or whatever, I'd rather hear it from a woman's standpoint. And I think I was just high on weed one night and I was just like, you know what? I can also change my inner voice the voice inside my head that is my voice all the time or for me it used to be like if it's something negative and at that point in my life it was something negative it might have been my brother's voice or my mom's voice but I was like you know if I made it a a softer voice in my head that was telling me to do stuff things of that nature I'd probably be more willing to do it Mm -hmm. like if I heard my wife's voice in my head like hey it's it's time to get up. It's time to go to work. I'm more willing to say, all right, I'm going to get up and go to work. But if it was just my voice, like, bro, you got to get up, man. Come on, you got to go to work. That might annoy me a little bit. And I'll be like, "Nah, it's not that necessary. We're cool. So I changed the, the voice that was in my head.
0: Same and, message.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was the same message. But I the delivery was so much better for me. And I was just like, all right, I'll do that because she wants me to do that. Mm. And then I realized that voice in my head, for me at, at the time, at least, that was God. Started communing with that. Met, met what I'm considering my divine feminine during that same time, who now was the actual voice in my head, mm. because especially when I moved to Thailand and we first got, got on these motorbikes, she's sitting on the back of the bike. My wife never really felt comfortable driving one on her own. She's like, listen, if the world's going to take take you out, I want it to take me out, too. So <laughs> right, <I'll> die, <laughs> literally. But she so she'd be sitting on the back of this motorbike and just be whispering to me in my ear. So her voice would become the voice in my head. And yeah. it would just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm loving life right now. And like simple stuff, she'd just be whispering on the bike, wind whooshing paths. and became some of my most cherished moments, like things that I lived my life for. <sighs> Having to change the voice in my head, then it became my wife's voice. Instead of just me trying to self-motivate, mm. even though in a sense it was still it, self-motivating.
0: Yeah. Some It's the stories you tell yourself. Oh, right. right. I have a
2: song called that. And you've been, mention, uh, you've been mentioning cheat code. Yeah. That's funny. That's what my friends used to call me from gaming. Oh. They used to go, no, they say, oh, Toom's the cheat code, man. He just knows how to play these things. Like he, any game we play, I'm really like, no, you got to turn on this road. You got to make this mm-hmm. path, things like that. So it's so funny that you kept saying, like, no, once you get the cheat code, you kind of get bored of life, things of that nature. And, yeah, that's how I felt for a long period. And I couldn't even enjoy games, couldn't enjoy a lot of stuff. And then I just was like, you know, maybe I should change the settings. And that's I—that's what I've been doing in my life. Let me change the settings. Let me change the things that I know that I can do and that I'm good at and start only doing the stuff that are new experiences. Mm-hmm. Not saying I can't return to the stuff I'm skilled at. But like I said, picking up the guitar, that was a whole journey for me. A journey that I didn't expect it to be. A journey that ultimately helped me reclaim my right arm because I didn't even know that was something that, that was felt dysfunctional i used to have a lot of shoulder pain neck pain it even felt like i had blocked like veins in my arms um and all of that feels gone now like i feel so free and all of that came because i was just like you know what i'm going to start doing things differently yes i've been left-handed my whole life and it made my experiences a little bit more difficult because all my peers so around me were right-handed right, yeah. but I, was, I realized, like, you know, also, I was just being stubborn by sticking with left hand. There's nothing that said that you cannot learn how to write with your right hand. So, I just started to become more ambidextrous and become more flexible in everything. Not
0: just that. That was symbolic for me. The key to, to life is also the ability to adapt. Yeah. Which is stand, like basic evolutionary like, instinct. The, we used to not have lakes We swam around. Mm. Now we needed. There was more land than water, so we grew legs. Yeah. Of course, you have to. Otherwise, you're stuck at the bottom. And then from like you know, you develop teeth, you develop claws, and you slowly, slowly, you build tools and all that. You have to evolve. Yeah. Otherwise, we're stuck. That's that shape shifting. We okay. can still do that. We, we call can't it because reprogram. we can control I mean, our right. mind. Yeah, we can control. And I liked what you said about how she she or uh, that that lady asked you like oh. We can can you can you ever be enlightened? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can. You just, just be enlightened. Just be. Just be. And it's so... People don't want to hear simplistic ways. They want to hear the complicated. Okay, exactly. first you got to go to the mountain, right. wait 12 years, 12 sit years, under the tree. all of it, no. But, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because it sounds so difficult. Like, ah, that must be the way to enlightenment. Yeah. But all you need to do is just be enlightened. Mm-hmm. And then you... It's difficult. A lot of stuff in life...
2: Difficulty, I don't think, is an actual grading scale that we can use because things are different for every single person so you might say it's difficult like for me some people can say they'd never they would never try a plant medicine ceremony or that would be too difficult or all of these things and it's just like yeah but based on who because for literally the last 15 years of my life i had teeth issues and it was astronomical amounts of pain all the time but i financially couldn't take care of it at those times in my life is what it is some people would have probably just died from the pain i met some a shaman out here same one who facilitated my ayah and she was just like she was like you know i think that pain you were experiencing is what kept you awake when so much things in your life and so much people in your life were asleep Mm -hmm. literally and i had never thought of it like that but because for me all i thought of it as was pain as a trauma as something that i wish had never happened to me but then when she posed it like that, I'm like oh, damn. Leave it deployed to Ploy to turn this into uh,
0: warrior training. <laughs> wow. I I I believe that like pain is necessary. Yeah. Pain is necessary for growth. Just like the tattoo, it's a ceremonial thing, right? Yeah. You either die from the pain, then you're okay good, you're liberated, you'll move on to your next life. Well done or you overcome it and you are a different person. Mm-hmm. You're a new person. Ooh, this, this you look different. What's yeah. that? Oh, Because you've overcome something through hardship. And whether it's something so uh surface like a tattoo mm-hmm. or like like oh, you know you were once homeless and now you, look you got a you got your shit together and I can see it or just the way you walk. No change is of, often comes through destruction. It yeah.
2: comes through a painful means. Like I think a lot of us just don't realize that the devil, we're the still old self transforming. To,
0: to, be, allow your new self to be right. born, because yeah. I think it's because we don't remember
2: what puberty felt like. Why a lot of us don't don't realize like, hey, especially you know I'm talking to millennials again, and it's like we're going through another change of mm. stepping into adulthood. Like millennial group, if you're born after like the like or in the 90s, '90s and before a little bit, you are considered that group, and we are stepping into the role of being the adults. Mm. Like I believe the youngest of us is 30 now, mm. and our society says no, that's mature. And a lot of us went through a whole period of our life where we were like, we don't know what we're doing. We no one taught us how to live life. Like our parents did it one way, and those ways don't feel like they are working anymore. Like who's really time. talking about forty years working forty years time. at one job? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, that sounds so crazy. But my mom worked it as a nurse from sixteen till she's still currently doing it, and she's about to be sixty. You know, people are are staying in their careers, and now. We're a group where it's like, no, this week I'm a musician. Next week I'm doing, I'm, I'm a videographer, you know, stuff like that. So that is like a transition, like when we were changing from children into teenagers. And even though that's not a real actual group, you know, that was a made up group too. But still that, 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 that coming of age, I don't remember specifically what it felt like to be a child. And that's what I feel like, oh, okay, when people are saying they want to try psychedelics, I think that's the real underlying. We're all trying to see. Childhood was such a small portion of of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much is what age one to 10. And you're only conscious maybe from age four to 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 10. Barely. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I just learned how to talk. But it's so it holds so much weight for so much people like my father i told you about my grandmother my father is almost 60 years old and he still kind of feels like i wish my mom would have given me more love when Mm. i was 10 and i'm like not to sound like a jerk but i'm like but you're so great now you've accomplished so much stuff why are you letting that hold you back from feeling complete but it's 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 been 50
0: years it's something like that where from young like everything that he did to make him so success- successful at this age was because he wanted to prove something to his mom. Mm-hmm. He wanted that validation from his parents. And because he didn't get it at home, it's like, you know what, what, what I need to do? Do I have to come home with straight A's? Yeah. I'll do it. Here you go. And then everything that he, do- that he does in in his, in his life was to go back to that childhood of like, I just want my mom to love me, yeah. to, sh- to show me some uh, affection. And I had to work so hard to get it. And like, it's as much as he wanted that but that was the thing that drove him to to, yeah. to that yeah every single thing yeah. I know and, and I,
2: I I don't know if people how to heal them or, or if they need to heal from it or anything it just is what it is it is what it is nature isn't good or evil. exactly it is. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. no okay your nothing mom, personal you, you were working from you were age 9 and your mom and, wasn't dealing with you
0: sometimes people are, are, are mean or whatever and it's just because of their own upbringing yeah. and when they're mean to you it's nothing personal it's just the lion eating the yeah. gazelle it's just a circle of Life.
2: Half of the time I feel like people aren't talking to me when they're talking like I feel like most people are talking at, at you yeah, yeah they're talking at you and they're just trying to to press Well, not talking you not even thinking about it so much on that aspect it's just that people yeah no no it does get aggressive sometimes. <laughs> people are like hey you know they're feeling their experiences and they' they're answering what their mind is already fe- feeding them.
0: But they're never angry at you. They're mm-hmm. angry at themselves. Yeah. They're angry at, w- w- at the, uh, the things that happen to them. And they're just using this moment to take the piss. Yeah. right? But it's never personal. No, and I-, I try and see it that way. Because sometimes you get into an altercation or it's just like whatever. Like some guy bumps into you on the street. It's nothing personal. It's mm-hmm. just, let him have a bad day. If he wants to act this way, it's on him. We are s- influenced by so many stuff. Like, yeah. it, he could have just ate a bad burger. Maybe he's his, his, his he just, <laughs> he just lost his job, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the fact that we can't be creative to think of all these scenarios, to empathize, and just like, oh, this guy bumped into me because he's a fucked up guy. Right. And I just assume that, and like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to let people treat me that way. I'm going to fuck with them first before right, they fuck right. with me. And now you carry on that hate. Versus if you had a little bit more time or compassion to just open up your mind, like, maybe this guy just had a bad day, he ate a bad burger, feels, mm-hmm. he needs to go to the bathroom real quick, he just walk, running really fast, he bumps into me. Half oh, of these good people are I, know, oh, I hope he's as well. <laughs> and you move on with your life, I let that go already, what, right? Yeah.
2: No, yeah. some of these people aren't, aren't, aren't even hydrated enough to, to be functioning humans every day, like, we're drinking too much coffee, not enough water the waters that we have has no nutrients
0: in but, it these days I mean, it's it like, is what it is uh, life is life yeah. we, we are born in a, a particular society where you know not a lot of things are healthy for you social media all this kind of thing mm-hmm. but it, I mean what what we chose this difficulty what we chose fact, this life I, because I, I try, that's why I say it, I try to just
2: find enjoyment in it now because I can you can choose just like you like I say feels like sometimes you could choose to be enlightened I can choose a lot of people choose um, fear choose despair all of those stuff I'm like they chose we, to be. Angry, you could just choose to be to happy be sad, bro yeah you really could just choose
0: yeah. to be happy and content specifically. I, I truly believe in that. And I i mean, it's something to strive towards. I'm not perfect. I can't just like, oh, all right, I'm happy today and I'm sad today. Yeah. Like, my emotions are still part exactly. of me. What and I allow happen. myself to feel whatever I need to feel. But I don't let myself be overcome by it. Like if I'm angry, I allow myself to feel angry. Like you fuck that guy for with <laughs> me. But like... I'm not going to, I'll feel anger, but I won't let it overcome me. That's what's necessary yeah, in that moment. I, to, to, to not feel angry. Okay, never mind. I'm just going to be cool. You're suppressing it or what? It doesn't go away. It's still <laughs> there. So you feel it so that it extinguished its energy and then you move on. Okay. So I don't take revenge. I don't like push another guy. I just like, okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. that annoyed me. I feel it. Okay, I'm done. Life goes on. For fucking nothing personal what right? When you dwell in those emotions, that's what causes yeah. sickness. Yeah, it decays within mm-hmm. you. And you must allow yourself to... to Like a lightning rod, you got to let that go. Mm-hmm. You can't hold on to it. And if you do hold on to the anger, you channel that into something positive. Right. You go to the gym, you bust Completely. it out. Completely. You go to work, you know, you you put all the energy into to the grind. Do your daily quest. Yeah. Trust me, you won't have energy after your daily yeah. quest. fucking <laughs> Go for a run. You think you, you got
2: energy to be tired right. afterwards? Or angry? No. <laughs> no, I always told my wife that. I'm like... I used to dance every night, just like ecstatic dance for like an yeah. hour. Just Sometimes it would even just be as simple as just shaking my arms and my legs. But I would literally, when I'm done with that, my voice and everything would just be softer. She'd be like, hey, you want to watch a movie? I'd be like, yeah, it's
1: not a problem. Because energy has been spent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Great chat. <laughs> You know, I came in with like a, a couple of questions that I had to ask you in my mind and I haven't asked any of them. <laughs> oh, no! You want well, to uh, no, rapid not, fire? Nothing, nothing. I, I, it was just questions to get the conversation going. Out. Yeah. I didn't even ask any of them and here <laughs> we are like two hours later or whatever. My bad. No, yeah, well, no, it's
2: all good. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I had stuff I needed to say. Yeah. I, mean, I know people often wanted to know like, oh, what's the tune think about this? I know that sounds so, so weird for me sometimes, but it's like, like I said, I'm at a point now where People are showing up every Wednesday um, here, specifically at Amarvati, and I'm doing the kirtans, which is something that I was introduced introduced to from
0: from just this whole spiritual yeah, journey. Yeah, the like
2: plant it. medicines and everything, and um, but I, I wanted it to be something that I was like, man, I wish I had this every week. I wish this was my church service, mm. pretty much, where it was just like, you know, minus all of the godly talk and all of that stuff, because that's where we start to get into debates. I'm just like, can we just come together and sing? Yeah, another friend here was telling me he's writing a book and he's like in the book. It's got so much different chaos, like so much different events. But at the end, I just want people to end it. I want he's like, I think I just want to end it with them dancing. Mm. Like just come, like everybody just coming together, enemies, friends, all of that coming together and dancing. And I'm like, that's beautiful. I felt like
0: that might be the answer to life for some people like it doesn't matter just dance <laughs> there, there, uh, again another Alan Watts uh, uh, not quote but analogy where when you dance there is I don't know whether you've heard this before when you dance there is no purpose to dance dance mm. there is no beginning, there is no end. there's no finish line. It's not like a race where you, oh once I reach the finish line, I'm done. The point of the dance is just to dance yeah to have fun and to enjoy and to and there's no particular path. You're freestyling. You're moving. Sometimes you want to shake your shoulders. Sometimes you want to move your hips. Mm. And it's just about expression. And this it's just freeing. Connection. And there's no point to the dance. Just like how life has no point, but the di- but the dance itself. So life has no. Not to be nihilistic, but like no, the only okay. the only reason, the only like true purpose in life is whatever that you choose to give purpose to. If I chose to wake up and like I'm just gonna be the most successful person I can be. And that is the meaning of my life. Mm-hmm. And everything I do is in devotion to that. And if I decide, like, oh, I want to be the best fucking guitar player, and everything I do is in devotion to that. But whatever that you choose to pursue, these great pursuits are in the name of God, mm-hmm. ultimately. Because whatever that you do is in service or so what. Right. So if I want to be successful, and it's not service It's not experience. for me. I, it's, I, unless it's like, oh, I just want to be rich. Then mm-hmm. okay, love. but then when you reach that point, you're not going to find happiness because we all know material things don't give you happiness. So once you reach a certain point, you it's back to service. You give back. Once I become so good at playing the guitar, I perform and I make you happy and I'm giving my energy to you. Once I have a lot of money, I donate it to charity. or I build a fucking home in the jungle. Yeah. I build some wells in Africa and I give back. I give back because I've reached a certain point. But every great pursuit everything that you devote to it must be in the name of God what? Mm-hmm. otherwise it's in the name of pleasure right. and you're just fucking off, and that's the devil What you're just fucking off if I want to be rich because I want to snort cocaine and I have sex everyday then then what's the point of that well maybe
2: but like I said for me like I said I'm, a, I'm battling those thoughts now because I'm like well God what if God didn't want every single person to be happy and wanted to experience it's not about happiness it would be, experience yeah.
0: sadness experience experiencing <laughs> it's not about seeking happiness cuz to seek happiness is to seek pleasure what uh, if i eat mcdonald's every day and I, and i smoke weed mm. and i just chill i'm happy yeah right but that's not it's not about happiness yeah and and if i reject suffering i don't grow I, so it's it's not about being comfortable it's being it's about being content yeah and you must and if you look at your life are you content if you are like just overweight and eating and like being no. on for your me couch. I
2: have to be contributing Yeah, you, I, I you feel were, like I have to someone had to have benefited from the energy
0: as a human being you will feel that like, yeah. I, I'm I'm just wasting my time I'm just wasting my life what the fuck yeah. and and if that doesn't motivate you enough to get your shit together then you need to feel like even worse you need to feel like at the complete bottom of the bottom yeah. to then like oh shit you know my blood pleasures through the roof I, I can't even like walk five steps before, mm. before feeling, uh, or whatever. And then, like, oh, I think I need to do something about this. And that's where the shift comes. Yeah. Right?
2: No, oh, man, that's definitely it. Because, like... Oh, no. No, no, it's fine. Okay, my okay. bad. Yeah, no, I definitely... um, I agree with you on that. Because, like, I know, for me, I just need to feel like I'm contributing. Mm. And I knew I needed... I have excess energy, and I could... Even sometimes if I didn't finish those that those side quests, those daily quests, I'd still feel a little bit anxious. It'd be five o'clock and I'd be like, ah, did, I, did I do enough today? So for me, when I was able to step into the, the mantra circles, into the kirtan circles and give out that energy and have other people genuinely receive it and receive it in a way that I am content with, mm-hmm. not to think, oh, he's you know, when I was singing R&B, it was sexual music and all of these things. Now it's just genuinely like I'm just putting out energy. I don't think the sun, the actual sun out in the sky is out there thinking I'm putting out this energy so that trees can grow or anything. I think it's just being and we're all benefiting from it. So that's what I'm trying to do as well. Like, okay, for me, I sing. I sing nonstop. I wanted to find a place where I could let my voice be free. That was in the kirtan space. That wasn't happening often enough for me. And I was like, you know what? Other people might need this the same type of thing. I'm willing to share that energy, share that space. I created it now. And people are coming and they come and they, they genuinely, I've seen people sitting down in my kirtan and I never thought about it in the sense of like, oh, my voice is just so great that it's causing this and this and that. But I'll see people sitting down in devotion and crying and and the release, the energy release that they've been holding on. You see, because when it comes to energy, all of this good and evil and all of that stuff doesn't even matter. It's just, we have it or we don't, which is that energy. And it's like, no, I see people holding on to certain energies and that's the trauma. And I see them in this music circle releasing that. Like so many people come up to me and it's just like, I never sang. Like there's people who come up to me and say, I've never sang, but I sang at your thing last night at the top of my lungs. And I I just, I don't know what that experience it was. And yeah, are there gonna be people who are going to attribute that to me being the one doing that? Yeah, most likely there will also be people who attribute it to just the time, the place, the music, all of that stuff coming together in the now. That's what we say. That's pretty much our our final closing prayer is just saying that all of this came together so that we could experience it right here in the now, in the present. I know it sounds a little bit weird to say that, but it comes back to that game analogy of saying like you are the main player. Once you, like, you specifically, once you walk out of, out of here, you leave Amaravati, that's why I felt so grateful that you even hit me up, because it's like, everything that's not in your forefront doesn't even exist, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it's not, if it's not in the for, in, in the foreground, I think the word, of your mind, it's like, it might as well not exist, mm-hmm. and that's what I said to my wife and my brother when I was saying, like, you know, everybody we're leaving in the States right now, they're gonna probably go through some hard stuff, like, I... I saw COVID happening <laughs> for years, but that, like I said, it was part of the awakening. My, that's a whole nother story for another podcast where we we're talking about Atlantis and and how I found Egypt and Comet. But yeah, that was part of my awakening that I felt like I just had all of this otherworldly knowledge, and it was it felt like it was driving me crazy. And I was like, you know, our families are going to go through some hard stuff while we're while we're away while we while we leave, but so that that doesn't destroy us think of it as they've already gone through it and we are already on the other side of it and that's why i love that i was leaving the christianized or the 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 catholic west for the east for asia because specifically i I was able to say america's in 2023 right now in 2023 there was a whole bunch of uh, crazy stuff going on and, and sickness and all of that stuff but I'm in Thailand, and Thailand is uh, what twenty uh, five sixty six. Uh, we went through all of that stuff five hundred years ago. <laughs> and 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 uh, one of the funny jokes that I always say, I'm just like, oh. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the future's Asian. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so yeah. so I'm like, yeah, no, it's because Thailand. When I first came to Thailand, it reminded me so much of the Caribbean, uh, of the islands oh, yeah, that I grew up yeah. in. So I used to tell my wife, I'm like, you know. Specifically, like in Jamaica, there's a lot of Chinese people, and a lot of Chinese Jamaicans. Like, they were either born and raised there or yeah, just like. Only, I've seen videos of yeah. these Chinese people, like, having thick, like, accents, Jamaican accents. So, my grandfather might have ha- also been, like, half Chinese. Like, when I look at pictures of stuff, like, the records for, for island people is typically really hard to find these days. Like, I mean, but, you know, I, I ask family members all of those things. But, yeah, there's a lot of Chinese. And, and Asian people there in the islands. So I told my wife, I'm like, you know, Thailand feels like or or Southeast Asia feels like if the Caribbean had like some earthquake and it raised the whole uh, like the whole uh, continent of the Caribbean up into the like, mountains and like 500 years went past and we all were just like Asians and mixed groups like that. And that's what Thailand was for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel very much at home here. And it's so funny to think about how many people we just positioned at different points in the world around that same time. I remember us like watching an eclipse in the States, and that was kind of when I really came to that understanding that like, I'm going to have to leave where I'm living and go to some other world. Through talks with other people out here and stuff, we all think it's like something with ley lines and it just needed certain people who embodied certain spiritual concepts or just high vibrational people to be at certain points or areas in the world at certain times, just to try and really get us all to a right balancing frequency. Like maybe there wasn't that much singing or mantras going on right here in this spot and I needed to be placed here. Uh, or, or or I have other friends who, are just, who were here and as soon as I got here and was able to hold this space, they were able to go travel and leave to go somewhere else. I often think about that from some of the, the facilitators here with the plant medicine ceremonies, it's like okay. Um, when we weren't, when they were, were just holding space for the medicines and the kirtan sessions. We had kirtans once every two months. They weren't able to to do it as much. Now they can focus on this main thing, and that's helping huge groups. And it's like okay, well, now they've spawned from from just those ceremonies. They've spawned so many other people who are also making these music circles. Next thing you know, it's going to be only a, a kirtan festival where it's just mo- multiple people coming together and um multiple different acts you might have sphinx vibe you might have um i, I have a friend toy she does she does kirtans you in the it. city yeah hey. Thuy, um we got lizzie we have so much friends here now that are doing kirtans i got my friend logan he's over here playing the harmonium and stuff yeah. now one day we can look up like i said but we had to do that. That's the daily quest for us. For me, it's a weekly quest. I do Kirtan on a Wednesday. But we're going to look up five years from now. We might be organizing the whole next festival where it's literally just everybody sitting down singing Hare Krishna. Mm. And what does that feel like? What does that look like for the world? If you get so much people together and just all singing in a vibration, what does that, what does that do? Is that how you create pyramids? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm willing to try. But I know that I can't just jump from from who I am right now to that point, my, my vessel and <laughs> my body isn't capable of that level of energy yet. And that's something I have to, you have to gradually build up on. Because yeah, if somebody were to throw you into Joe Rogan's life right now, yeah, you do podcasts as well. But to do it at, at the level that he has so much different people, so much eyes on him, for someone who's not prepared for that,
0: it could shatter you. And and the guests he has on, you know, right? As interesting as they I imagine you're talking to like the president right now. Exactly. Like, I'm not gonna be chilling like this, you know. You're, you're my I'm uncomfortable. But if it's someone like <laughs> a fucking scientist, you know, like oh shit, I'm pre- I, I have exactly. to come prepared. But for him, he's at such a level where he can just like. You know, it just like right. pa- Yeah, pa- pass Obama a joint. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, think, like, imagine Elon Musk is here, you fucking talking to him. Right? Like, Damn, that's these so people who,
2: who quote unquote the most important thing yeah. to us is our lives, and these people can and literally can, snap a finger and your life could be yeah, gone. And
0: he is still himself. He yeah. can hold that space. Amazing.
2: I, I, if that's something you're you're striving for, I'm I'm wishing you the best towards that. No, I'm so serious. Yeah. I would love to be a part of that, and 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 uh, be there when it, when it's a bigger podcast yeah. as well. When I got my own. Like studio, right, right, right. Well, we don't have to move or anything. You know, we had to move that move earlier, but that was that was a cool thing, and that's something I feel like I was able to contribute Mm. to because when I first moved here, they had the medicine ceremonies going on, things of that nature. But when I moved here and I felt I fell in love with the people of Amaravati here, the the family that that's running the place, all of that stuff, I was like, I'm willing to do a lot to just make sure that these people are, are well, that this place stays well. So to have somebody else saying, hey, I'm coming in here to do a retreat, even though I'm like, I kind of booked this room too, that felt really good to me. It was like, okay, this is, what's today? Sunday? That's not really like a hot topic day on, 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 on for people to be out. We have a yoga group running. We have her doing that other thing in that room. It's just been such a blessing to see that growth of this area. And I know I always tell myself, I'm like, you know, I want to be like a seed, a seed of a fruit tree, possibly most likely coconut. I love my coconut. Hey, me too. Right. You start, you could start a whole, a whole world with just a coconut. People don't understand that. But I'm like, no, when I go to a place, I like to feel like I'm being planted. I'm a fruit seed. And then when I'm, when I'm at full growth or full bloom, that these places are being able to benefit from the fruits that I have also been growing. So that's what I feel like, oh, yeah, no, sometimes I I held Kirtan Space in the earlier months that we started, and it might have just been me, my wife, and the owner for the space. But I wasn't doing it just for the people. This was for me as a release, but I did also want people to join because I was like, the more people that come here, the more people see that this space is amazing and that Mm -hmm. they could use it, that they can bring awareness to these these wellness centers.
0: So, yeah. (laughs) It's a it's a beautiful note to, to to end things off, lah. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for sharing. No, thank you, brother. Thank you again.
2: This has been really amazing. Um, I guess I should plug myself.
0: <laughs> yes, and also uh, plug yourself. Uh and can can I can I, on the behalf of the people listening, request a performance? A short one if you don't oh. mind. Anything of your choice? A mantra or something that you've written? Let's see if I can yeah okay, i, my, what my I got uh Craig to perform a bit of handpan yeah. pan. i'll probably get jackson to perform something or so everybody here is like a musician yeah yeah no
2: jackson is i it was so funny that that you reached out to jackson something just told me to message him yesterday so it was really cool that you you were with him um let's see so I'm going to say, sing one of my favorite kirtan songs. No pressure. I'm not going to sing one of my own, even though I do have an album coming out soon. It's right. called Goddess Worship. Um, but yeah, I'm going to sing Shiva Shambo. Oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the one and only tomb Springs. Take it away.
3: Shiva Shiva Shiva, Shamba, Shiva 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 Shambho Shiva 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 Sham Mahadeva Shan Thank you so much. (laughs) I love
0: it. I've been serenaded Ah. the past few days. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, man, I
2: I, I just can't help but smile when I start to sing these songs. Like, you just get into a new vibration. Um, Once again, my name's Atum Sphinx.
0: (laughs) I don't think we even introduced you Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, by the way, this is who I'm talking to Right,
2: right, we can plug it to the (laughs) front (laughs) My name's Atum Sphinx If you're Thai, you can call me Sombat, full name Sombat Plashalam Chokdi Which means like uh, lucky shark treasure (laughs) Um, You can find me on Instagram at Atum Sphinx Or A-T-U-M S-P-H-I-N-X Instagram Facebook and our YouTube is called Sphinx Vibe. So S-P-H-I-N-X-V-I-B-E. And um, that's where we be, we'll be posting our mantras, our mantra music circles. We do them every Wednesday here at Amaravati. It's free of charge. Um, it's donation-based. The donations do go out to help a charity in, in Chiang Mai or Chiang actually called the CARE 108. We like to donate to, they help, Uh, they bring hill tribe children into the city introduce them into uh, modern society and everything like that so we like to donate to them Um, but yeah if you can go ahead and subscribe to us on youtube it'll help us out we need 50 subscribers so we can start live streaming that's a new rule for youtube Uh, so yeah please check us out once again thank you so much
0: (laughs) glad to have you on and with that it's over yeah, all right, bro. Well, I always sing at the end of O.R. Of, <laughs> oh, times too. So <laughs> I sing so long,
2: farewell to you, my friends. Goodbye for now until we meet again. It's from a, a childhood show I grew up on.
0: Call... It, sounds, it sounds like one of those things. Yeah, Yeah, it's
2: from the show called Out of the Box. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's like a Disney Channel thing. <laughs> all right. Yeah, man. Well, Thank it. you so
0: much, brother. Thanks, man. After the podcast, we went, when it was done, we went over to the pool to meet up with Craig. And then uh, Logan and Katie happened to also be there. And it was just very chiao, like very coincidence that everybody happened to be there at that time. Everybody was had their own plans and then somehow all these synchronicities. And then and in the end, everybody was there and we were just like catching up. So it feels... Uh you know like uh, in Jamaica a lot of these synchronicities happen quite often maybe it's just the energy of this space the country that we're in or just like you know when everybody vibrates on the same frequency you kind of automatically are drawn together so it was nice to see everyone there um anyway I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I hope you enjoyed the little performance at the end as well. Uh, as always, again, if you like what you hear, share this with your friends, post, repost it on IG, blah blah, the usual stuff. And then, if you'd like to donate, also, link in the description below for the coffee page. And uh, also, I linked the um, the charity organization Care One Hundred Eight in the description if you'd like to find out more about them. That's the one that he uh he mentioned in the podcast. Mm, That's it for now. Mm, Yeah no, that's it lah. I won't I won't talk too much. Uh thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, goodbye.